Hello, awesome people. This is Lee of Nerdlicious. You are listening to All Things Good and Nerdy, a part of the Junk Food Podcast Network. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Well, maybe it was just on the internet. Hey, what do I know? I'm just the voiceover dude. Anyway, three people decided to be a bright, brand new original idea to get together on the internet and talk about all sorts of things. Everything was fair game. Things like video games. All your base are belong to us. Comics. I'm Batman. TV shows. I'll be in my bunk. Movies. Time to nut up or shut up. All we cared about was having a good, long, nerdy conversation. So have a seat, kick your feet up, and relax with our hosts, the Atahan. It's, it's always fun to beat up hookers with a giant purple dildo. Naki. Um, I say dicks a lot. Dicks, 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 Chris. Oh, I love how we keep talking about penises today. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget our weekly special guest host. Now, let's get ready to talk about all things good and nerdy. That was good actually morning, everyone. Timing. <laughs> that was perfect timing. That's a, if you're playing the drinking game, that would be a drink right there because you caught the pre-show before we were able to, <laughs> to broadcast. Oh! So, uh, good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode 35 of All Things Good and Nerdy. This show has been entitled The American Revolution because we have we are attempting to survive the Canadian invasion from last I don't week. Know, after last week, that was crazy. Which was fun, but now, now we revolt. <laughs> um, joining us this week, we have frequent watcher of the show. You've probably heard his name come up in the comments. We've got Anthony Bachman. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hello. Care to shamelessly self-promote to start us off? I am Anthony Bachman from the Next Element Podcast. Yay! A fellow member of the Junk Food Podcast Network. Indeed, a proud member of the Indeed. Junk Food Podcast Network. And we, we have our regulars. We have myself, Chris, and we also have uh, Naki, Naki, excuse me, and the Atahe. Ad- God, I can't oh, talk to you. Yeah. Did you just call me Naki? I, I've been saying on both Naki. names here. Naki. The Canadian screwed I, up his speech. He can't talk. I promise Naki there's no whiskey Naki. in my coffee. It's, it's, the, well, the, correct, right, the correct pronunciation would be Adahi, Adahi, but most people just say the Adahe. Are you okay with that? That's how you've said it. So I would hope so. Well, yeah, I do that because Adah. Ad ahi kind of confuses people. I'm like the adahi, and they're like, huh? Let's just say ad ahi, well, go with it. So before we start out, you guys have any opening thoughts for us? Um, I'm awesome. I learned how to put on clothes today, and I eventually found my pants. And I'm really upset that I can't get this stupid comment string to work again. But you see, for people watching on YouTube, they're probably sad of those things. Oh. Well, if it's any consolation, I'm at an upward angle for some reason this week, and so you got a better shot of my tits. So there you go. There you go. She's got pants, but we get boobs. No one's made a fat, fat, fat comment yet that I can put on the screen. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I'm sure you're going to make one right now so you can put it up on the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's start off with our news of the week to open the show, and who would like to go first? Live from the ATG and Studios on uh, the internet, it's the news of the week. Do we have a volunteer? I'll do it. Sweet. Adahay, you're up first on news of the week. Uh, Gabe Newell was finally announced uh, and actually completely confirmed everything that they will be releasing its own console. <laughs> <laughs> I was about Damn it, Steven! <laughs> For those listening to the audio right after we said that, there was a fat, fat, fat comment from the audience. 
There uh, it is. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. Gabe and Valve will be releasing their very own console-like PC for the living room. Um, no price point or anything yet, but they do plan for it to compete with the next-gen Xbox and PS4. Um, it will be a PC, though, and will run any PC games, and will be running a Linux-based operating system that is being developed um, by Valve. So, so is this going in line with their whole... What is it? The big screen effort they've been doing yeah. now. That's just the, the big screen up. is basically beta for their own uh, console that they'll be selling. And it's going to be a very, it's going to be its own carefully managed PC based ecosystem. You know, it'll be very similar to the Xbox ecosystem, but it'll be better because it's Valve. Well, have you played with big screen any yet? I have. It's quite fucking awesome. Actually, everything about it is amazing. And I saw they were selling what looked like their own branded controller to go with it too. I I heard some stuff about that, but I didn't check into it. It, it um, popped up when I bought some stuff on Steam. Uh, I haven't checked into it at the moment. Um, but to give an idea about this, uh, right now, there are 5 million concurrent users on Steam at any point in the day almost, and 50 million users in total. If you compare that to Xbox Live, who only has 40 million users, I imagine this could be a very popular endeavor for Valve. I really do. Is the console actually going to be called the Steam Box? Steam Box. That would be awesome. Uh, I don't know what they're going to name it. They haven't really named any of that. Um, something else has also came up in this interview. Uh, they have said they have completely finished the Source 2 engine and have now started on their big name release game to uh, show and showcase the Source 2 engine. So you know what that means. Half-Life 3. Half-Life 3. There you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Half-Life 3 release with the Steam box equals instant fucking success. Now, also versus Left 4 Dead. Left 4 Dead. Fuck Left 4 Dead. That's actually a fun game, but here's my question for you, though. Is is the Steam box, for lack of a better term, going to really appeal to the same market as, say, your Xbox, your Wii, and your PlayStation gamers? I mean, console gaming is slightly different than the PC gaming market right now. People play both, so are you expecting like the Steam Box is going to push people away from their console into doing like Steam Box and Steam PC gaming? Then uh, what I'm thinking is um, he's mostly targeting people like myself and my wife, um, who are mostly PC gamers, but would like to have better use of our fucking giant TV screen that sits mm-hmm. off in the corner and gathers dust. Um, uh, <laughs> so there's that, but I will. I am going to imagine there will be a good chunk of console gamers that will make the switch over, um, especially since it's going to be basically all digital distribution um, yeah. for the most part. And oh my god, the pricing of this stuff—that's what keeps a lot of people out of the PC market—is uh, a computer is expensive. But here's part of, the, part of the problem with the digital distribution because they're supposedly looking at doing it with the uh, the Xbox next Xbox and the PlayStation is the fact that not everyone has a good internet connection at this point. There's still a lot of people that are, don't have like cable or DSL, so you've got the slower connections. So people like that are at a disadvantage if they can't go and buy the physical copy of a game. Somewhat. Um, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I mean, with DSL, you can still download the games. Yeah, it may be a bit slower, but there's a lot of people who use DSL and and use Steam just fine. Sure. Um, Being the fact that Steam already has 50 million users um, shows that their digital distribution system isn't not a success. Agreed. And the other thing I'm thinking is, how much of a crossover do you think there is between the 40 million Xbox Live gamers and the 50 million Steam gamers? I mean, have you seen anything on that? Um, There's no real... 
information on it, but I mean, I know two people myself who mm-hmm. are on both Steam and Xbox. Yeah, Live. I'm one myself. I yeah. mean, I just didn't yep. know if there'd been any kind of report out there or anything that said, hey, we can guess that maybe like a third of your Xbox Live gamers are also Steam gamers or something like that. I mean, I imagine the, the first gen of the Steam box will probably have about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's going to sell about 10 million boxes, all in all. Okay, so alright, let me play devil's advocate for you here. How is this different than the Oya box? Um, I, <laughs> one. I say Oya just sold a whole bunch of units. I got one coming to me. The Oya it was an was a Kickstarter, like, mm-hmm. and that's that was the thing is they're asking for money, and the issue I had is they were asking for money to make something that is, and they're trying to sell something that doesn't make sense. Like I'm just like, oh, you'll be able to get the games for free, only if people sell the games for free. Um, yeah. And they were making a lot of false promises there. But I'm more thinking the end result. Like, let's say the Oya, it all pans out, everything they promise ends up happening. How is there really much of a difference between the Oya box versus the Steam box? You just yeah, got like the a Oya is way. basically a smartphone. Okay. Whereas this is a full-fledged PC, basically, but, running okay. Steam OS. Gotcha. And what, what's the system specs? Do they give any idea on that? I'm just asking because I'm curious. They haven't really released much, uh, though they they have said it's going to be it's going to be a Linux based Steam OS. Okay. So they're they're building the OS themselves from the ground up. That way they can basically optimize it to run all of their hardware to the maximum of its capabilities and have no crap in there. Basically, that's actually very similar to a. Uh to what Microsoft and Sony have done, where they optimize their OSs based off their hardware. It's, it's going to make the console war even more interesting. If I'm Nintendo, I'm a little more scared. Uh, oh, my God. Especially with the fucking Reggie's last statement. Yeah. Oh. Well, I missed something again. Since our, since our uh, stream isn't updating as quickly, we had a naming suggestion for the new uh, Steam box. How about the name suggestion of Steaming Pile? Oh, ouch. <laughs> that that comes from, I was going to say, we, we, we didn't plug Steven. Oh, no. It's actually commented there. Uh, Steven comes from the Fanboy Buzz, which is uh, thefanboybuzz.com. Um, <laughs> God, I don't remember their phone number off the top of my head, but they just opened their forums, so go to fanboybuzz.com slash forum. Ah, <laughs> uh, troll fest! <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, did you have any more you want to talk about on the Steam box? Uh, we're Adam? good. Okay, let me go next for my news of the week because you guys are going to love this. No, the no. movie poster for the greatest movie in the world has finally come out. <laughs> <laughs> Get you some beefcake. Their uh, American okay. dream is bigger than yours. I'm it's just the saying. The movie um, inspired by ATGN. I was going to say, we need a ta- there needs to be a tagline on there that says, movie inspired by ATGN. Like, what the hell? Like, obviously they were listening to us. Exactly. Mark Wahlberg was like such a pussy compared to The Rock. <laughs> Only The Rock can make himself look like a pussy. Oh, now, that's not my actual news of the week, but it was too good to pass up. How can you pass up on that? On that gem, the ATGN movie now has. The sad thing is, we're all going to go see that movie because we can't not. I'm going to suggest it for spoiler alert theater. Hell yeah! I'm down. Hell yeah! I'm I'm in. I'm down. I'm so um, in. But it doesn't come out yet. But my my real news of the week is that growing up when I was well not when I was younger but I guess in my teenage years I was a big fan of Kevin Smith's movies, the Clerks series, pretty much everything in the VSQ universe. I still he am. Has, I'm sorry. I still am. Yeah, me too. I still enjoy them. Clerks 3 is still one of my favorite movies. And we had one comment from uh, Steven. I'm assuming this is about pain and gain, not our shameless plugging, but haha, wow, that's amazing. 
But but going back to on this story, why didn't that turn off? There we go. Uh, Kevin Smith has announced that Clerks 3 will be his last film. And now those of you that follow Kevin Smith on Twitter or listen to his shows, you're probably getting kind of tired of hearing, this is going to be my last, it's going to be my last, because he's been saying that since Red State, basically. And he keeps getting interested in doing more stuff, which is awesome, good for him. But at the same time, you're like, hey, is it really going to be the last one? But I guess on the uh, last episode of his podcast, Jan Silent Bob Get Old, he was talking about his last his movie he was doing right now, which was going to be his last, gets up getting split into a miniseries. And what he really wants to do is to make Clerks 3 be his last movie, assuming Jeff Anderson signs on, who is a Randall, if you remember the Clerks movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was the hardest one for them to get on for Clerks 2 until he realized, holy shit, this is actually a good script and a good story. So if Jeff Anderson signs on, his last cinematic effort as writer and director will be Clerks 3. And I, for one, would love to see how they continue the Clerks story because Clerks 2 wrapped up nicely, but there's more to be told. <laughs> well, plus, plus, it, would give him, it would give him a trilogy. He'd have an actual trilogy of Clerks, and he could start and end with the same characters. I mean, it would be really poetic. They need I mean, to wait for The Hobbit to come out so he can make more jokes about Lord of the Rings. Oh, oh sure. And nine but, more hours of walking. Amen. <laughs> I like my walking movies. I'm glad someone uh, else said it. Anyway, uh, my, my thought is, well, technically you can you can tie in all of his movies. Well, not all of his movies. Chasing Amy's, Mallrats, Clerks. What else? What am I missing? Dogma, James Hall, Dog Strike Back. Dogma. I yeah. love Dogma so much. Yeah, you the, can tie the, all Jer- of them the Jersey trilogy has five movies in it. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, close. Um, I'm curious to see uh, how Clerks Three pans out. I'm like my my first thought when I saw that, though, um, truly, honestly, I didn't even know about the whole Kevin Smith retiring thing. Was oh god, cash grab, and but you know, if no, but you got to remember, Kevin Smith movies don't make money. I think his most successful movie made 40 mil at the box office. Well, that was just, like, my first thought, like I said. Like, instant first thought. Because that's how I am with every time that they make a sequel to any movie whatsoever. It's it's automatic, oh, God, it's a cash grab. Because, fuck, how many sequels do we say are horrible? Horrible. Well, The Hobbit hasn't come out yet, so I can't I'm going to punch you in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but honestly, having listened to most of the Kevin Smith podcast and stuff, he would never actually do anything for a cash grab. He's only going to make this flick if he really likes what he writes and can convince everybody on board, because none of the people want to come back for the last one. And that's that's actually very true. Except for Jay. Well, of course. But that was Jay's (laughs) first movie, Sober. And so... That was kind of an important film as well because they got Muse to not die. That was part of what it was, was if Muse got sober, they'd, he'd try and do it. Mm-hmm. And for those who haven't aren't familiar with that, go listen to the first few episodes of Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, and they talk about Muse's struggle with drug addiction, and there's also a series Kevin Smith wrote on the web. It's called Me and My Shadow, just about how he tried to help his friend from his drug addiction. It really goes to show what good friends those guys are. Yeah, both of those are really good things. Yeah. I've um I've worked with both of them uh, in the conventions and they're both very very fun to work with very nice people Kevin is uh, extremely down to earth so if you get to meet him I always you know he's he's always willing to just talk to anybody and it's great um, yeah so, Kevin Smith's one of those guys I'd love to just sit down and have a beer with and talk about just about anything and you probably could like I'm pretty positive you just like emailed him like hey can we have a beer sometime he would no he'd yeah, he'd, he'd want to like, smoke <laughs> that's true. <laughs> It'd be awesome if we could get him on the show. We should try. <laughs> You're get on it, Chris. 
Be the leader. You can do this. I believe in you. But you've Anything actually met him possible. before. I haven't. Offer him a dime bag. Yeah, that's going to go over <laughs> real go. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude who works for the government. Uh, wait, do, the FBI is what you work for right now, right? I, I work... As a contractor, let's just leave it at that. He works in the CIA. What he's saying is that he works in the CIA and that we're all going to die from, like, ninja kicks to the back of our head. Yes, I'm going to call a strike team in on you guys. See? I can take him. This is why I don't put my last name out on the internet. I do. I fear nothing. Yeah, I really don't either. I don't do anything bad yet. I don't think. Yeah, I don't don't do anything bad. So... Who wants to go up next for News of the Week? Either Naki or Anthony, whichever one of you guys want to go. I can do mine. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, they released uh, the first photos on, uh, I guess it was Entertainment Weekly's website, put up the first pictures of Harrison Ford and Asha Butterfield for Ender's Game. Yeah, Ender's Game. This one, correct? Uh, yes. Yep, that's the picture. Yeah, they just got the, the camera piece of General Colonel whatever. He's the one that basically gives Ender shit through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. My Colonel dad Graf. loves these books. I haven't read them yet. I've only read the first book. I know there's like a whole series, but I've only read the first book. Yeah, see, I've read them all, and it's, it's one of those things where Ender's Game is so good that like, if someone tells me they're a sci-fi fan, I usually make two assumptions. They've seen Blade Runner, and they've read Ender's Game. Well, shit, I don't meet either of those criteria. <laughs> well, <laughs> You are not a sci-fi fan, then, my friend. See, I think sci-fi... <laughs> I automatically think, you know, Star Wars or Star Trek. That space fantasy is Star Wars. That's true. But uh, that's still sci- science fiction. Yeah, that's still fits. But yeah, Ender's Game is something yeah, I've, I've read it a, you know, a long time ago. I think junior high. I was once once lucky to read it when I was really young. And then go back and read it again as an adult. And I've read through all the books, Speaker for the Dead and Ender's Shadow and all the other ones. And it's just, it's an, it's one, it's an amazing story. It's one of the, like the best twist endings in sci-fi when you actually find out what's happening. And the most important thing in this article, and I won't ruin it for the people that haven't read it, but the guy, I think it's the director, said flat out that the twist ending will be intact, that they're going to do it exactly the way it happened in the book. Well, one of the things that I think is most impressive about like this movie finally coming out is if you look back in, um, when was this? April 22nd, 2008, CBR made the announcement that Marvel plays Ender's Game. <clears throat> Excuse me. Orson Scott Card has been trying to get this damn thing turned into a movie for like 30 years. Mm-hmm. Every production studio apparently he took it to said, we just we don't see how this would work as a film. We don't see how this would work as a movie. How so Orson Scott worked as a movie. Sorry. Well, That's people, you know, they're... You know, a lot of people in the old movie studios, unless you tell them the idea and it instantly clicks in their head and they can see it, then they won't back it. And so, it's I guess hard to just, get sci-fi things backed recently yeah. because you can probably thank the most recent ten years of, con- of movies for being able to get more sci-fi projects out there. That's true. That's true. yeah. Apparently, it was something that Card. I guess uh, if I'm trying to remember, there was another article I read about the time when these comics started coming out that he had had over ten meetings in Hollywood just trying to talk to producers and stuff and try to get the get it made as a film. And that was what they kept coming back with, is we can't see it as a movie. We can't see it as a movie. So he went to Marvel and turned Ender's Game and Ender's Shadow 
into a series of comic books, and they did with them what they're doing with the Dark Tower now is they rent a bunch of different miniseries. Mm-hmm. So they did Ender's Game, and then they did Battle School and the Formic Wars, and it's you know six issue miniseries, six issue miniseries over and over and over. And so then apparently he took the stack of comics, walked into a production meeting, and said, "This is what the fucking movie looks like." That's awesome. That's the way to do it, though. I mean. Comics have become quite the medium for getting something started. I mean, the success of comic book movies probably helps with that a lot right now. I just read a couple of articles on this real quick, and I just want to ask, um, as a person who's read the book, what do you feel about all the comparison to The Hunger Games? I've read three articles, all of them compare this to The Hunger Games. Anybody that's comparing this to The Hunger Games, I mean, that's... It, it makes me think of, like, I was listening to a film show, and they went back and over the weekend had watched all the Friday the 13th movies. And the people doing the review of these movies, one of them was, like, 19 years old. He's like, the first movie's awesome. It's like a reverse twist ending. At the end of the movie, it's not Jason Voorhees. It's like, no, jackass, when that first film came out, Jason Voorhees didn't exist yet. So yep. saying that The Hunger Games is a takeoff, or that the Ender, Ender's Game is a takeoff of The Hunger Games... One was before the other one. Well, that's, it's actually quite the reverse of anything, but... Yeah. Well, they say that a lot with, like, other movies, too. Like, people who are just dumb, who are saying, like, Harry uh, Potter is a rip... Or, a Lord of the Rings is a rip-off of Harry Potter. I mean, that fucking... That shit happens all the time. No, yeah, Harry Potter's more entertaining. I'm gonna punch you in the head! If there's, if there's <laughs> even slight comparisons, they're like, oh, this is just a rip-off of that. Yeah. And it's really kind of sad. But, okay, so I have to ask you, since you're a fan of, of, of Ender's Game, and Adahe, I'm really sorry for cutting you off. Um, did What do you think of... Uh, the, there's a lot of complaint that I've seen from, like, fans who think that Ender is too old. Now, did you did you feel the same way, or...? Um, I do. I mean, I like the idea. It gives the first story a little more power if you think about yes. how young his character was in the book when he does what he ends up doing and how that would really change someone's entire life. But reading the article and the director talking about how they want to more than likely probably get through three films possibly with the same actor, starting them off at a, at an older age, and also they'll be able to play up some of the violence that happens to the kid in battle school and not have to worry so much. I mean, if you really have like a seven- or eight-year-old kid shoved into a school that's basically ran like a prison, and then you have the other kids that are bullying him and picking on him. I mean, there's a fight scene in the book that it will probably be in the movie that was in the comics that basically is almost like a prison rape attack scene. And to do that with a Holy room shit. full of eight-year-old boys would be really creepy. And That's so true. even if it's 12-year-old boys where they're pre-teens and it still could be violent, I don't think it will be as creepy and will probably play better to American audiences. That's true. That's true. I just so was there's, curious. There's definitely good reasons to make him a little bit older. Yeah, I I've, I remember when I was when they were announcing the casting and stuff like that, and I was just like, they're making all these kids like so much older. And then, yeah, you're right. Thinking about it, that could be really creepy to see with seven and eight year olds. And yeah, because some some of the scenes in that first book, and also I think to get that kid Asha Butterfield, because th- he's the kid from Hugo, if I remember correctly. I think so. Yeah, and it's it's funny because when you think about it. In that whole movie in Hugo, he always looks like he's about to cry. He does. Like, he just has those, like, the big eyes and just always looks like he's about to cry. The character of Ender basically can play like he's always about to cry through the entire film and it'll work perfect. Mm-hmm. I forgot it's to show that the kid's life is just collapsing all day, every day. The previously released teaser for it, which, which is awesome. Yeah. I don't know the significance, but I'm assuming that's some kind of control disc. 
when they go to battle school, that's their little tracking disc. It tells the teachers where they are at all times. Like, it records, like, all physical activity, their okay. food intake, what schoolwork they're doing. Like, it's their, their tracking note. It tells cool. the school everything. The book is a really good read. Um, I felt bad that I never continued on. How many books is there in that series? It's five, I right? I think five altogether. They're, yeah, the Speaker for the Dead, um, Children of the Mind... Ender's Shadow, and I think one more. But yeah, any, but, anybody that's a sci-fi fan, read Ender's Game. You'll love it. And then if you go past that, it's it's one of those ones where I, I'm trying to remember if it's Children of the Mind or Speaker for the Dead, but it's one of those ones where you read a book and you actually have trouble comprehending that another human came up with these ideas. Actually, like on Wikipedia? They're so far flung that it's hard to comprehend how somebody came up with them. On Wikipedia, they're showing there's 15 different books in the Enderverse. In the Enderverse altogether, yeah. huh? Yeah. Damn. There's the you five got some catching up to off. do, yo. Yeah, there might be some more for me to read. Cool. <laughs> there's one that's supposed to be coming out in 2013, one that just came out, two that just came out in 2012. There's a ton of them, it looks like. Huh. It might Sweet. be worth checking out. I know my dad used to read them, I think, through the first five or six. Sorry, I got distracted. Someone just pulled up to my house, and I'm all confused. Um, yeah, they're they're an amazing series of books. The first, the, like I said, the first book was really, really good. Since and I have a shorter attention span, I might just start with the, some of the comics and then go from there. It's, well, yeah, he like pictures. Pictures are pretty. <laughs> yeah, the comics are really good too. Um, uh, Pascal Ferry does the artwork on them, and so it's got this crazy mix of sci-fi that looks like it's painted. It's his artwork is just amazing. Oh yeah, it's. Good uh, stuff. I'm gonna have to check it out. I'm sure they've got trades out for it by now. Oh yeah, they've got. They should have trades of at least the first couple of miniseries because it's been going like since yeah since 2008. They've been doing them, so there's a bunch of comics out now. Awesome. Well, let, let's finish up with our last news of the week story. What do you have for us this week, Naki? I'm being a girly girl. I'm so excited. Um. Disney has, uh, shut up, Chris. <laughs> uh, Disney signs an exclusive deal to s- stream movies on Netflix. I'm so excited, guys. They're putting out all the classics. Like, right now, um, Dumbo, Pocahontas, Alice in Wonderland, those three are on there. But they're working together to add in, well, they're going to put all their stupid TV programming, too, which, outside of Phineas and Ferb, I don't care. Wait, um, does this mean the Avengers is going to be on uh, Netflix? Yeah. Probably. Well, I mean, Thor and Captain America are already on it. So. Yeah. I mean, I've so already. Ultimate Spider Man. Yes, Ultimate Spider Man. Um, I think they. Was it. What, what was their. Oh, this is interesting. It says beginning, were... in, beginning in 2013, all the direct to video films appear, but it takes longer for theatrical films to show up, i.e., yeah. 2016. So, Star Wars Episode 7 streaming. There nice. You go. There you go. But, I mean, I'm super excited just because, like,. I don't know how everybody else is about watching their stuff from, like, when they were kids, but, like, when it comes to Disney movies, I fucking sing along, and I enjoy the shit out of it. If I'm having a bad day, you you could bet your ass I'm throwing on, like, fucking Beauty and the Beast or uh, Little Mermaid or whatever. Like, growing up, growing up, we you know how you play games with your siblings, whatever. Well, we always played the Little Mermaid, and my sister, my older sister has naturally red hair, so she always got to be Ariel, and I think it was bullshit. So now I dye my hair red, and her hair has turned brown. And I tell her she's a bitch, and I'm Ariel now. <laughs> Karma. 
There you go. Exactly. Yeah, you beat me to it, Adahe. Yeah, what he said is really true, and I'm, not, I'm like the same issues. Like, there's all these streaming services, and for those of you listening on the audio later, we have a comment on YouTube from Stephen Jonder. It says, "I hate the exclusive deals. We're getting more and more streaming services. Eventually, we're going to have a hundred different services to get everything we want." Stephen Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but Stephen Jonder is part of the uh, fanboy buzz at thefanboybuzz.com. <laughs> and we're yeah, I mean, doesn't Walmart have their own streaming now? They yeah, do. they have the Voodoo service. It I think is it getting is. a bit ridiculous. It is. But here's the thing: is you you don't have many differences between them at this point. It's I true. Mean, like, like I can go on Amazon, I can watch Stargate. I can go on Netflix, I can watch Stargate. Now this will be a little different because this is exclusive to Netflix. And the thing that intrigues me that I want to know, which isn't disclosed, is how much did they pay Disney? Um. See, the thing is, is that I haven't, I haven't left Netflix. Like I've left Hulu Plus because. It was. I still got commercials, and that fucking pissed me off. Like, why am I? Why am I going to pay for this service, and I'm still going to get commercials? This isn't the point. Well, I, I was, the that's why I never switched. paid for Hulu Plus. Yeah. Well, the only reason I switched to Amazon is because I picked up Amazon Prime, and since most of the stuff I was watching was on Amazon Prime and Netflix, I figured I could drop Netflix until I was done watching it. See, and you know, I I was using I have Amazon Prime as well, but I I, I don't use the streaming services. I don't pay for it or anything because I don't for free with Prime. Right. Well, I mean, I I don't use it. I I used it last season of Walking Dead because I was I was uh, not I was not here when or not in a stable environment because I was moving all over the place and I couldn't watch Walking Dead. So I used it for that, and that was about it. So it was just it wasn't it's so I like I said I've just I've I've had Netflix from the beginning and I've never left it, you know. And this isn't a plug for Netflix, but if they want to start paying me for that, that <laughs> well like I know that there's some people that advertise with them like the oh my oh crap, I forgot hap, not happy meal. God, epic meal time I know does, but we had another comment comment tracker's not refreshing yeah. quick enough that Stephen brought up. Redbox even announced a streaming service, which I'd forgotten. Yeah. It's in beta right now. There we go. Yeah, he's got. But um, I know my, somebody who works over there. My question on this is: um, being Disney coming onto it first and being all quick about it and whatnot, do you think um, signing an exclusive deal it is? Do you think maybe we'll get lucky enough to have some of the other companies uh, go in exclusive with Netflix as well? If Netflix offers them a bunch of money, say like HBO. Well, uh, HBO's got their own service that they've. That they use HBO Go HBO through the cable Go. company, so you can watch you pretty much anything HBO, HBO that way. Like Stars used to go through Netflix. I think part of the reason Disney might have done this is there's some like crazy statistic that after like 5 p.m., 60 percent of the traffic on the internet is Netflix. Yeah, well, because there's a ridiculous amount of people watching Netflix streaming content, which is really interesting to me. Because three years ago, Netflix started this, and everyone laughed at them. It's like, oh, it won't ever amount to anything. Yeah. And now I'd say the bulk of their business is probably streaming, not. Oh, yeah, that's why they almost split into two companies. They did temporarily. That's, that's why I, I don't I, like HBO Go though. Is you have to have HBO. Like I don't want to have to buy a cable package just because right. I don't have. I turned off my cable again after the VGAs. <laughs> I was well, like shock and but here's the reason shocked. for doing that though. After listening to some some arguments on Twitter about it and things like that, is that. From their perspective, they're making bank off the cable companies, and pretty much any customer service issues go through the cable companies, not HBO. So if something screws up, you call your cable company, not HBO, even for HBO Go. So right now, they don't have to have like help desks or anything like that. They just have to sell and then rake in the money from the cable companies. Well, that's, that's the, the reason you don't money. see. 
Yeah, that's why you don't see HBO Go subscriptions that you can buy like at a month at a time, even if you don't have their service. Yeah, that's why I think it'd be cool if they say they hook up with Netflix, and even if they charge extras, like you have to pay eight bucks for Netflix, but you have to pay an extra three dollars for HBO on Netflix. So your 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 Netflix becomes whatever, like eleven dollars a month. Right. Well, and see, everything it, is still through Netflix. HBO has to do diddly shit. Here's the thing, though. Stars tried to do that with them. Because when they had Stars content before, they said our stuff should be at a premium. You guys should charge an extra three bucks a month for our content or something like that. And Netflix said no. It's a one-up price we want to charge our customers. That's part of the reason why all the Stars content, like Spartacus and things like that, aren't on HBO anymore. Not HBO, on Netflix rather. Hell. Because of that wanting to have tiers or packages that you would buy to add to your Netflix. I would get pissed off if they did that. Honestly, it's just I would like, too. Yeah, so would I. And I've been with Netflix for like five, six years now. Yeah, I, I, I go off and been... on, but. I guess in Canada, according to Stephen, they only have uh, streaming, not DVD service. Well, so I wouldn't want to guess. try to deliver DVDs through the fucking Yukon either. Yeah, and Jay and Potato <laughs> Waste from uh, An Elegant Weapon both say that Netflix Canadian streaming <laughs> sucks balls. I've yeah, heard there's I a, lot a lot of people of... that run proxies to get American service. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. It's just it's it's not good. I'm pretty positive Stephen and and Jay has talked about that last week on here. Well, yeah, I think so. <laughs> we got another comment on the YouTube side from uh, Wallace D. He goes, people still use Netflix? <laughs> I mean, people that don't want to pay for cable. I still have uh, two DVDs that I have not returned for, like, years now downstairs. Um, and I'm pretty positive they're both first season of Castle that I haven't watched. Well, no but, wonder those are still sitting in my queue, waiting, long wait, long wait, long Fine, wait. I'll send it back. <laughs> That's an awesome TV show. You just need to watch it. <laughs> I just, it, it, you know what? I'm awful when it comes to watching DVDs, and that's why I like streaming, is because I know I'm awful when it comes to watching DVDs. So I'm like, sitting there like, I just kind of not want to move forever because I'm a lazy sack of shit. And that means if I put on a DVD, I'm going to have to get up to take that DVD out. Or I could just sit here and be a lazy sack of shit and not have to move. It's good for instant gratification, the streaming thing, because all I do is I push a button on my on my receiver, and then it opens up either Netflix or Amazon. I can just go and find something. So instead of I, channel surfing on cable, you channel surf on Netflix. I have Top Gear streaming right now on my Xbox. You, you always have Top Gear streaming, nice. though, to be fair. Because it's Top Gear. Well, I mean, it, because it's Top Gear, but I mean... It's good for lighting and stuff like that because I have no light in my room. So fair enough. Uh, I see. It, and I love Excel Rock dual screen, so I put Photoshop in one window while I'm coloring, and Netflix in the other window when go. I don't want to listen to podcasts. It's very nice. I do that, and I do uh, use the Watch ESPN app for that on my second screen when I'm doing stuff because sometimes I just want to watch sports. Speaking of sports, there was a lot of uh, uproar over the Heisman Trophy last night. Yeah, it's just a freshman won it. There's nothing. Yeah, wrong well, with yeah, that. it was the first freshman ever, though, wasn't it? Adrian Peterson should have won it years ago, and they didn't let him have it because he was a freshman, basically. So that's the only thing that annoys me on it. But that, that's neither here nor there. So, uh, Adahey, let, let's kick it over to you. You probably watched most of the VGA. Let's let's start talking VGA. What do you want to talk about on this one? Um, Guide our conversation. The most important part uh, was the VGA's partnership with Electron or Entertainment Weekly. I believe it was, uh, to decide the game of the decade. And this was done via voting from people. There was something like um, 60 million votes cast or whatnot. Um, and correctly, the game of the decade was decided as Half-Life 2, which was the correct answer. I would have also <laughs> accepted Portal. Um, Portal I played, Half-Life I haven't. Oh, Half-Life is amazing. Like... 
Oh, it's amazing. But um, some of the other options on there, which kind of made me laugh, is World of Warcraft. That shouldn't have existed on that list at all. Um, well, and- you, no, see, I can't. I have to disagree with you there. Not that I disagree that uh, Half Life Two or Half Life One should have won, because yes, I completely agree there. But um, World of Warcraft, you have to admit that it has been around for like ever, and so there are still people that. But people still play it. I mean, that's so that's, don't EverQuest. Yeah, EverQuest is still huge. EverQuest was first. But who has but uh, who has more subscribers and which one is more well known? I mean, people who yeah, aren't gamers. If you gamers... count social impact, World of Warcraft is the game of the decade. <sighs> there are plenty of people out there that have heard World of Warcraft yeah. jokes and understood the South Park episode and South don't Park know what Half Life Two is and have never heard of EverQuest. Uh, that is, those people exist. Yeah. I know. Uh, if you were, I mean, if you were counting and obesity everybody. levels, I'm sure World of Warcraft would probably be on the top <laughs> of the list. I, I mean, just the th- the way that I think of it is is that if my dad knows what it is, it's a game that people know. Yeah, I mean, I, I used that's, to play. That's my WoW. that's my level. I played WoW for like six years. I played um, WoW for a year, and that was enough. But, I've yeah. never played WoW. You're not missing much. But now there's pandas. You could be a panda, Chris. Oh, oh my boy. god, a monk. You could be a you could totally be a panda monk. Come on, yeah, you're the calm one Kung out of Fu the panda. Thing. That's the new expansion. Kung Fu Panda. That's how I heard it described. Actually, basically is, but basically the big thing and it surprised a lot of people was Walking Dead. Uh, a lot of people were surprised that Walking Dead beat out a lot of bigger titles for things like Game of the Year was given to Walking Dead over Assassin's Creed Three, Dishonored, and Mass Effect Three. And I had no problem with that because that, that game was fucking amazing. <laughs> I had no problem with it either. In fact, we're doing our year. Wa- yearly awards on 4-on-1's game section right now, I nominated Walking Dead the Game for Game of the Year, because like, it is a fantastic story. I've really got to play more of that. I'm, I'm just they, barely through they, episode one right now. Any they, game that can make me tear up and actually cry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and keep in mind, you know, the year before, Telltale had a horrible year. Really, they did. They screwed up a few things here and there. Especially they, the... The release of Walking Dead episode two that got pushed back like almost six months, yeah. I think. Uh, they even ended up giving Telltale Games Studio of the Year to, at the VGAs as well, yeah. beating out Three Four Three, Arcane, and Gearbox. <laughs> See, I nominated Three Four Three for our awards because You're there are so many expectations for it. And that's not because I'm a Halo fanboy, but they had so many expectations Whoa. to live up to, and they knocked that it does. out of the park. That does help, though, that you're a Halo fanboy. <laughs> I, I take my fanboy hat off, though, and look at the expectations they had levied on them for a game. They had to fill Bungie's shoes, who had owned that all by themselves for how many years, and they had to make a game that people would like, and in fact, I think they made a game better than the last Bungie installments. With I was going to say, story. I'm actually playing Halo 4, so... It, we, our comment tracker, sorry guys watching live, is working slow, so I popped open the YouTube. We got a comment from Wallace. He goes, the list was way off. Lollipop Chainsaw wasn't even mentioned. Fuck oh. that game. It was awful. Um, I was so pissed off with that game because I really wanted it to be good, and then I'm playing, and I'm like, oh, God, I want to shoot her. In the- the- and of course, now as soon as I say that, it pops up on the comment tracker. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's how it works. One of the more surprising wins uh, was an indie game, um, actually won PS3 Game of the Year, which was Journey. Mm-hmm. I haven't got a chance to play that at all, um, so I don't know much about it. But I also believe Journey is the first game nominated for a Grammy. Um, yeah, one best soundtrack, soundtrack, I think, too, on the VGAs. Over, over, over Bastion? Wait, Bastion's, a Bastion's old. 
Yeah. But but you're talking about the PS3 game. I mean, it beat out games because the other ones nominated were Assassin's Creed 3, Borderlands 2, and Dishonored, all of which are good games. They really are, yeah. So that just goes to show this indie game, I haven't played it myself, must be pretty good to beat out games like that. Oh, that's that's what, that was game. just for PS3? Just for uh, PS3, I guess. It, I believe it's also on PC, because I think I've seen it on, um, and also on Xbox Live, but... PS3, Xbox had a lot of competition, and Xbox Game of the Year was obviously Halo 4. Um, Same competition it was up against Assassin's Creed 3, Borderlands 2, and Dishonored. And uh, PC Game of the Year was given to XCOM Enemies Unknown, which I've never played. They ended up beating out uh, Diablo 3, Guild Wars 2, and Torchlight 2. I was I did not agree with that at all, but I'm not a fan of XCOM. I heard I, XCOM is really good. There's yeah, that's what people, I've heard. Like, former guest host Peter Welpton was on here a few months back, and he was talking about it on Twitter saying it was really good, and he picked up on Steam on sale, because they ran it, during the autumn sale, they ran that on sale. Yeah. Now, here's a question for you. Do you think that part of what hurt Diablo 3 was the fact that it came out so long ago, and they're starting to lose interest? Possibly. Um, but I actually didn't expect Diablo 3 to win it. I was actually expecting Torchlight to win it. Yeah, I was expecting Guild Wars 2, to be honest. Um, Torchlight is like Diablo 3, but better. <laughs> it's, it's more like playing Diablo 2, is what it really is. It's it's awesome. Well, actually, because half the people who made Torchlight 2 made Diablo 2. Diablo 2. 2. <laughs> it's a lot of the same folks. Yeah. Um, Non-surprise, not really a... Uh, not really a surprise here, but best shooter went to Borderlands 2. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Nice. It's only real competition, in my opinion, was Halo 4. Yeah, I mean, other things nominated, what was it, Black Ops 2, Max yeah, Payne 3? Max Payne 3, yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah. Uh, going uh, back to Journey, we got someone who's actually played it. Wallace posted on the, uh, the YouTube comments, says, Journey is amazing. It's unlike anything you've played before. All those other games are great, but we've seen them before. Journey is unique. Uh, yeah. And if, if it's a really unique game, then I'm glad it won, because we need some unique shit. I'm definitely going to be picking it up. Uh, as soon as I can, if it's if it's on PC, like I think it is on PC. I'm not 100 percent sure. But if it's on PC, I'll be picking it up probably. Don't um, open Steam right now. You'll get distracted because there's probably a ton of I shit on sale not. right now. <laughs> See, I think action adventure game went to Dishonored, which kind of has me like I need to. I really need to play this game, but it's still in packaging. I picked <laughs> it up. I picked it up during Black Friday off of Amazon for 25 bucks. Been playing on my Xbox. Once you start to get used to it, it's really fun because it's like a combination of stealth. And fighting, because you can choose to play the game different ways. Like if you're stealthy and don't kill people, it leads to a better outcome. Whereas if it's just a bloodbath and you kill everyone, it like leads to a really dark outcome for the city. And there's some. I got it on a um, on a free one day from Redbox mm-hmm. and played it for about eight hours. It it is it is a little weird to get used to, but it's definitely it's fun. But uh, it's, it's not really my type of game. But I can definitely see where some people would really enjoy it. Yeah, that's what I've realized. It's not really my type of game because I struggle. I hate stealth games because I don't have the patience for it, and I'm trying to be stealthy at times. <laughs> also, Bethesda has stated that it is going to be their new uh, intellectual property and franchise. So it, it's going to there will be more Dishonored. Um, so that's and it, it makes sense though because it's well, relatively fresh compared new. to some of the other stuff that's out there. Bethesda really needed something new because they've been running uh, Skyrim and fucking Fallout into the ground, except for we really, it is only PS3. Well, Adahe, our listeners are here to keep things simple for us so we don't have to go look it up. Journey is PS3 only, according to Wallace. Okay. I do not have a PS3, so I will not be able to. Never play that. I just got rid of my PS3, so. (coughs) Damn! Wow, I'm the only one here with a PS3. That's crazy. Uh, I I hadn't played my PS3 in like a year, so. 
You played it for Lego Batman, I thought. Yes, no, I, I played did. that on my Xbox. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, never mind. I uh, played well, Lego Star Wars for the last time. That was the first time I fired up my Xbox in six months last night. God, I love Lego Star Wars. Uh, what, what was next? Uh, best RPG? Best RPG was Mass Effect 3, beating out Diablo, Torchlight, and Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, I was surprised Mass Effect actually beat out Diablo or Torchlight. That kind of surprised me. There's so much hype behind it is part of the reason. I mean, because this game, everyone's been waiting for since Mass Effect 2 came out. And yeah. now I will say Mass Effect 2 is a better game, a much better story, I think, but... I can live with Mass Effect 3 winning, and yes, I am a Mass Effect fanboy, so that's probably why. <coughs> Multiplayer game went to Borderlands 2, beating, yeah. out, beating out COD, Guild Wars, and Halo. And I would say that's warranted, though, because that's the most unique multiplayer on there. Because it's the four-player co-op online. Most of those games that... Well, Halo 4 is four-player co-op. Yeah. Um, individual sports game, no one cares. Exactly. Team sports game, no one cares. Driver mm-hmm. game, no one cares. Uh, best song in the game... Those are fun sometimes, the driver games. Sometimes. I think the driving game GTA. went to like Need for Speed Most Yeah, Need for Speed Most Wanted. So it's yeah. I didn't realize those were those were still being made, but that's cool. Okay. Uh, <laughs> best song in a game. This one actually I did I was surprised by this one because I expected Journey to win this one. But it was actually won by Cities by Beck. I don't know. I don't know nothing about it. Uh, from the game Sound Shapes. I didn't even know most of these guys did game songs. I mean, I knew Linkin Park had done stuff in the past for, like, Halo 2, but... Yeah. What did Linkin Park do? They did a game uh, called Castle of Glass for Medal of Honor Warfighter. Yeah. Huh. Best original score, though, did go to Journey, which honestly it should have, from what It I've wasn't heard. tough competition. It's Black Ops 2, Halo 4, and Max Payne 3. I mean, come on. Halo <laughs> 3 should have been in there, not Halo. Uh, Mass Effect 3 should have been in there, because they actually had some good music in that soundtrack. Now, which... this, is the, this is the first one I really have an issue with, is best graphics. If you're judging a game solely on its graphics, then I don't believe a console game should ever be a choice, let alone a winner. That's I, just because your your PC no, snub. It's because <laughs> graphics are better on PC. This is a proven fact. And that, I know that's true. You have better it, displays it, and stuff. It, I would argue that Halo Four shouldn't have won that either. I mean, the thing is, why people might have been swayed to do that is Halo Four looked so much prettier than the last few Halo games because oh, yeah. they took the graphics engine. I don't want to say they redid it completely, but they did a lot to clean it up, because Halo 3's graphics, you weren't even in full HD at that point. They just kind of tricked you into it. I mean, I'll also say uh, well, Journey was nominated. I know Journey is a console game, but I don't have much as much of an issue with its graphics as I did Halo's, because Journey's graphics, like like everything else about it, were very original. It, it also nominated in that one where Assassin's Creed 3, Dishonored, and Journey. And see, I thought Dishonored would get it because there's some really creepy visuals as you get later in the game with the weepers and things like that. And are you playing, you're playing on Xbox, right? I'm Not playing on Xbox. So I would PC assume that it looks better is. on the PC. Oh. Some, I've seen some screenshots of PC stuff, and it will. It's, it's creepy. Yeah. Uh, of course, best indie game went to Journey, uh, beating out Dust, Fez, and Mark of the Ninja. Yeah, I haven't played any of those. I've heard Dust is really good. I've not heard much on it, so I can't really put much in on that one either. Um, best fighting game, Persona 4, beating out DOA and Street Fighter and Tekken Tag. Um, best handheld with Sound Shapes, that thing that won the best. Yeah, I have no idea. These are games no one cares about. I'm really uh, surprised that beat out New Super Mario Brothers 2, though. <laughs> that was surprising. That really was. Anything beating out Mario Brothers. Like, of course, I, I skipped Best Wii game because everyone fucking knows that the Best Wii game was going to be the new Mario release. 
Yeah. Now, so, here's the interesting one. Are you on the best he- performance by a human female? This one, I I, I totally agree with. I, I totally no disagree. No. Fuck you. Cut yourself well, right now. Go go ahead and say <laughs> your argument, then I'll say my argument. I fucking love Clementine. Shut up. <laughs> Clementine's awesome, but. Come on, have you ever played Mass Effect the series as Fem Shep? Jennifer Hale rocks it. She's one of the best voice actresses out there. Jennifer Hale is fantastic. It is so much different experience when you play a Mass Effect as her versus male Shep because there's so many, there's so much subtle nuance in her voice. I mean, she's fantastic in that one. Don't get me wrong, I'm not upset that Walking Dead the game won. I think that's a yeah. good pick too. I think what it was is is the emotional attachment you gained to Clementine is mostly through the stellar voice acting of Melissa Hutchinson. It really is. You got um, a comment for us, Naki, that came up? Yeah, I was just waiting for you guys to finish talking. But Rachel uh, said the board was for best graphics working with your medium's limitations. So, oh, but apparently it went away or something. I don't know. We've also got a couple other ones. Uh, Steven said he has a PS3, woot, woot, but he primarily uses his Xbox 360, which is the exact same situation I was in. I had my PS3 to play Blu-rays. That was about it. And then Steven uh, should add me on, on Xbox, and also he's not part of the fanboy bus. <laughs> and not a surprise at all, best performance by human male went to Damian Clark, who played Handsome Jack in Borderlands 2. Yeah. Completely agree with that. <laughs> he did beat out. He did beat out David Fenoy as Lee Everett. Uh, the dude uh, James McCaffrey as Max Payne. And surprisingly, now this is the surprising. He beat Nolan North. Holy shit! Nolan North actually lost as yeah from Spec Ops: The Line because he was Captain Martin Walker. He beat Nolan North for a voice acting award. Wow! <laughs> never fucking happens. I I can't believe that. But the handsome Jack was amazing. Like you, you, you grew Bert to Stallion. love and that character so much. Dude, he was a fantastic villain. Fantastic, really, and it's not was. just because I'm a Borderlands fangirl, whatever. It's he. You really, you actually liked him. You liked that you hated him. Yes, yeah. it, it was just it was so well, good. You feel bad for him a couple times in there, and you're like, oh, maybe I should. Towards the end of the game, where you get some of his backstory, where he's treated like shit all the time, yep. and uh, yeah, yeah. They, they did a great job with the story in the in Borderlands too. We all love it. Um, best adapted video game went to Walking Dead, of course, beating out Epic Mickey two, Lego Batman two, and Transformers that no one gave a fuck about. I, I can live with that, though. That being said, <laughs> Lego Batman two is a freaking awesome game. Has anyone played Epic Mickey two? Because I played the first Epic Mickey. And I fucking hated it just because it was on Wii. If it wasn't on Wii, I would have liked it so much more. I'm sure. Now it's on Wii and it's on Xbox, but I have not yet. I haven't picked it up yet. I want to know if it's worth it. And going back to my argument about Jennifer Hale, I'm not alone because according to Stephen John Drew, she rocks. He plays as Fem Shep, but he's still on Mass Effect One. And I'll tell you, as people, other people I know who are stuck on Mass Effect One, it's a little harder getting through that because the gameplay (laughs) changes so much in Mass Effect 2 and makes it fun. Steve and I am also on Mass Effect 1. If you get really stuck and play your way through it, just get the motion comic that you can play before Mass Effect 2 and it'll let you make most of the decisions out of Mass Effect 1 and import into Mass Effect 2. But it doesn't feed my OCD. I'm I'm a big advocate. I just keep rolling this on. Best DLC, which I also agree, with, I just also disagreed with because I think most of the Skyrim DLC has been a pile of shit. Went to Dawn Guard, which beat out Leviathan from Mass Effect, beat out the Necromancer pack from Borderlands, and beat out the Perpetual Testing Initiative for Portal Two. Um, well, obviously, didn't play the Necromancer. 
Yeah, Necromancer is awesome. I, I, I would have been fine with anything but Skyrim winning that, because I've heard the Leviathan DC DLC was but, quite amazing. See, the Necromancer DLC doesn't add more story. It just adds character. That's Whereas true. most of these other DLCs, they're adding like story to it. Like, Leviathan, I didn't particularly care for, but they added more story element to Mass Effect. And the Perpetual Testing Initiative added infinite amounts of replay to Portal 2 by adding your, you the ability to create your own portal levels. Right. See, I, I don't think a best DLC should just be like a character add-on. I think it needs to be a story add-on. And I would argue that, well, it hadn't come out at that time, but I think Mass Effect 3 Omega would have been a better choice over Leviathan because Omega, I've just started dabbling it, is friggin' awesome. It, it, for those that aren't familiar with it, it takes place during Mass Effect 3. You retake the, the asteroid called Omega that's owned by Arya, and it's fun. And you get new characters, which makes me smile. I am not refreshing at all in the comments. Best, that makes me sad. Yeah, well, let me kick it back to you, Adham. I'm sorry I keep... Uh... Uh, best downloadable game, uh, Walking Dead. Uh, yep. Beating out Fez, Journey, and Sound Shapes. Okay. So oh, we got a, no one gives a fuck about, so I'll skip that. A couple more got. comments. Our feed's not tracking on it. JS says, uh, talk about Endless Space. Is that a game, or... I'm not familiar. I think it's a game, um, I believe, because I believe it was on Steam free this weekend or something like that. Okay. And I'll then uh, Steven said, sweet, he has all of them ready to play in reference to Mass Effect, which you'll love it. It's a great story. If you like sci-fi, action-adventure, the story alone makes the game worthwhile. The whole series, rather. Sorry, I'll kick it back to you. Most anticipated game of the uh, uh, all the games that have been announced to be coming out supposedly was Grand Theft Auto Five, uh, beating out Bioshock Infinite, South Park, Stick of Truth, The Last of Us, and Tomb Raider. Bioshock Infinite just got delayed again too. Yeah, I was gonna I, say, didn't that one just get moved again? No. That being said, I would have voted for South Park Stick of Truth because if you've seen the previews for I that, I'm so excited for that, that game. game. Looks awesome. <laughs> South Park RPG. Come on. Come on. Did we lose that Anthony? list of weighted okay. games? Is the only one I'll be buying. Yeah, yeah. I thought that list was kind of like subpar. There were so many other games coming out. Like they didn't mention Sim City, which I know is an EA title, but Sims, the new Sim City is going to be should be pretty good. We're all okay. going to hope. In reference back to the endless space comment, JS says it's a Civ game. It's a Civ in space game. Oh, that sounds awesome. That could be pretty cool. Then I would probably play it. I'll have to check it out. And the last one we have was Character of the Year, which was uh, uh, most anticipated in Character of the Year were voted on by people, by the way. I should have mentioned that. Okay. Um, Character of the Year, which, by the way, was hilarious during the show because they had these little cuts to the characters. And uh, Master Chiefs, I have to say, was one of the best cuts to the characters because he was all laying back. He's like, sir, you've been nominated for awards. Like, I don't fight for awards. <laughs> but but and at the end, they're like, but sir, it's being given by Samuel L. Jackson. And he falls off of his chair. He's like, oh, shit, I need a tux. <laughs> <laughs> but he did not win. The winner was Claptrap from Borderlands 2. Yeah. Um, he nice. beat out, all in all, he beat out Connor, Commander Shepard, Master Chief, and Raul Mendez from was, Call of Duty. Was it male Shep or Fem Shep? It was Shepard both. Okay. Uh, you, you talked about Game of the Decade saying Half-Life 2 won. Just to put that in perspective, the other things nominated according to this were uh, Batman Arkham City, Bioshock, Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker, Mass Effect 2, Portal, Red Dead Redemption, Shadow of the Colossus, Wii Sports, and World of Warcraft. We bundled, so like anyone who bought a Wii, they got bought it and played Wii Sports, and then probably got bored with it. Hey, hey, oh, there's some uh, drunken parties that have been a lot of hours of Wii Sports played. That's true, but my 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 confusion is with Batman Arkham City. Like, don't get me wrong, it's a fantastic game, but I don't 
really game of the decade? I don't think so. Well, I'll, there's some newer games and some older games in there. I mean, I mean, yeah, most of I these games. I mean, Shadow of the Colossus is probably the closest on there to being ten years old. Uh, Half Life Two is fairly old. as yeah, well. That's right, Half Life Two. And I mean, for the Batman one, I would only say I could see it because if you played any pre, yeah. but yeah, of the two, if you look at both of them, City's way better. Okay, that's well, we true. Got, that's well, true. Let's let's burn through some comments because the comment tracker just refreshed for me. Is that uh, Wallace says no way Bioshock Infinite for the win? For it most does look really good. It does oh, look really good. Yeah. It just worries me. It keeps getting pushed back. That seems t- tends to indicate something might not be right. Uh, JS says it looks amazing. That might be in reference to uh to that game. I'm not sure, but uh, Ryan, frequent guest host, just popped on. Says Wii Sports makes perfect sen- excuse me makes sense because it's so perfectly demoed the tech, which is true. But the reason yeah. it has so many sales is because it was a bundle with the game. It was perfect demo of the tech, though. I grant that. Let's see. Uh, so many drunken nights of Wii Sports. Yeah, Steven, jo- Steven oh, yeah. says Wii Sports was tons of fun. Bowling was by far the best. I, I like a lot of bowling. But uh, punching <laughs> punching was awesome. We did we did a lot of punching. <laughs> punching was fun, yeah. Drunken four-person Wii Tennis is actually hilarious. Let's see. Uh, going back to, uh, I'm assuming on Half Life Two, new contender. It makes sense. Ryan says. Uh, Let's see. Here's a comment from Ryan. It's best if you put this on screen to get the emphasis. He goes, "Felt like you were fucking Batman, or felt like you were fucking Batman." <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man! If it if it was the second one, then I would not be on this podcast right now. Yeah, that would that'd be a little awkward. I don't want to. Little bit of a side note because we just mentioned Batman. I have to mention uh, I went to our South Charleston Christmas parade yesterday, and uh, they usually fly Santa Claus in in a helicopter and whatnot. Well, there were too many winds, so they couldn't. So what they do? We have a dude here who's a cosplayer and who cosplays Batman. So they had Batman bring Santa to the parade. That is fantastic! I'm really jealous. In a Batmobile. He has kind of a kind of a lower or like in a cab. <laughs> no, it was kind of a Batmobile. It was it was it was very uh, like old feeling, like nineteen fifties Batman Batmobile or something. Was that before the oh, stop nice. of, of like where people were like, or the the actual what was it? Somebody put a stop to the making of Batmobiles. It was an article I had written. Like yeah, I don't know, they're selling the original nineteen sixties one right now. But yep. going back to our yeah. comment tracker, we had some more comments. I'm assuming JS is saying Half Life Two in reference to Game of the Decade. He continues to say since it takes twenty years to make the game. <laughs> um, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Our comment tracker's working slow, like I said, guys. So we'll bring them up as we see them. But uh, any, what do you guys think? Closing up on the VGA awards, you guys mostly happy with what came out of that? I was disappointed that... Well, okay, so I was at the Final Fantasy Distant Worlds concert um, while that was going on, so I did not get to actually watch the VGAs. Um, I did get to... I, I saw an update through Twitter. That's how I found out um, about anything. The only thing that uh, really kind of threw me was the um, the one that we talked about, and now I forgot. I'm going to shut up. Which one? Uh, <laughs> Game of the Decade or RPG? Nope. What game was it? <laughs> it, it, it? The most anticipated. That was the one that threw me. Okay. It, that, I was just like, yeah. I was just like... Mm-hmm. That was the one that was open for everyone to vote for, right? Yes. Yeah, you might have had some uh, electioneering there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could bomb. You could uh, vote bomb that one. That's true. That's Who knows true. whether that's the case or not. Yeah, but that was the only one that really had kind of thrown me through a loop. I was like, really? That that's your most anticipated. Okay, but I didn't realize. I also didn't realize though, that that one people could vote on. 
So yeah, um, our comment tracker is not refreshing, but as we close out the VGA comment VGA discussion, we get two other comments. Uh, Steven says, "I forgot about boxing. Hmm. My wife's cousin was seven months pregnant, was visiting, and the sight of her playing boxing was something I'll never forget. Keep in mind, she's a five foot tall girl." <laughs> and then uh, Ryan says, "If you say VGA is really fast, it sounds like VJs." VJs. <laughs> there you go. You got it out of <laughs> the VJ Awards. Most now, anticipated. There was another awards, uh, video game awards yesterday, right? The IGAs? Was that what it was? I don't, I don't know. VGAs was Friday night. I'm not sure if there was something last night or not. I saw something on Twitter about another, like independent game awards or something like that that was happening last night. It I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, I think the independent gaming awards is sometime this week. I don't sure remember when. I, I meant to watch it, but I didn't have time. I'm going to go back and see if I can find like a stream of it or something and watch it and see what all went down. Yeah. I mean, as we close out the VGA talk, I thought it was really cool that they were doing it on TV. GameTrailers.com had it, and so did Xbox Live. They did a live stream of it, and then it's still on available on Xbox for people to go back and watch, which is pretty cool. Nice. It was a lot of fun, especially with them and Samuel, putting Samuel L. Jackson in different games. Uh, <laughs> like, There's so many funny points where like, we put him in Minecraft, they put him in... Uh, Think Dishonored. They put him in. That's uh, cool. Call of Duty. Um, oh, I just mentioned Call of Duty. Can I, can I be a bit of an asshole on Call of Duty? Do right you want to go super dick mode on this? Yeah, maybe. Maybe the stupidest. <laughs> Are you gonna call it? Just call it. Just, just call it. it. Just right. call it. Just call, we'll call it. Do it. it. We'll call it super dick mode. Warning! Warning! You are now entering Super Dick Mode! Because the stupidest fucking thing was announced. The people at Activision, I believe Activision, right? Yeah. Uh, have stated that they have screwed up the pricing plan for Call of Duty and that they are costing and they are losing money with the current Call of Duty. And the next Call of Duty will be $60 and include a monthly subscription fee for online play. What the fuck?! The game sucks as it is, and I've already saw. Oh, I can't wait for this shit. Yeah. Mm. And what it is is like, oh well, people pay. People pay for World. Of, they even mentioned this. People pay for World of Warcraft and play a subscription fee. So Call of Duty shouldn't be any different, should it? Should, oh my god, I hate Call of Duty as it is, and Activision is turning into the. Is they're trying to beat EA for the biggest fucking cash grab? Is what this fucking is. Those of you playing the drinking game, he just said cash grab, so feel free to drink. <laughs> um, don't like most Call of Duty players. Like, I don't, I don't, I know it's not exclusive to the Xbox, but I mostly know only Xbox players who play Call of Duty. They already have to pay a monthly subscription fee. That's called Xbox Live, and then you're gonna have to pay an additional monthly subscription fee. To play Call of Duty online. I thought that was against the terms of service for Xbox Live, that you couldn't charge an additional subscription fee on top of the Xbox Live fee. I don't know. That's their current plans. Maybe That's, they're going to work out something That might be Xbox. something... We'll have to go look into that one. I'm sure you can do that on the PC version of it, even though it's a fucking terrible idea. That's and an awful the big thing idea. Was like everyone, everyone uses the... Uh, everyone plays our game online for, you know... A lot of times, so why aren't we charging them for it? Well, I mean, that's because they designed the game to be basically a, a fucking online game because the, the single player is like six hours long at the most yeah. on any of them. I mean, and it's on it's on all the consoles too. It's on PlayStation Three. It's on the fucking Wii U even. I mean, the granted, that's the, right. the week it came out, I think it was on Ars Technica. They had an article talking about playing it on there. There were seven hundred and forty-five Call of Duty gamers on the Wii server, so you don't have a big Call of Duty population. But so you mean I might not get called every racist 
you won't word out there there's ever. no headsets. Oh, that's right. Which, that will which... be the only safe way to play Call of Duty to me. <laughs> Since, I don't know. It, the cash grab of this is just ridiculous. It really is. That's fucking um, terrible. And the thing is, the, the people who play this game, at this point, they need to step up and speak with their wallets and not fall for this stupid shit. But, but see, here's the problem is, people are fucking sheep when it comes to Call of Duty. Like, I just gotta buy the next one. I gotta buy the next one. It is. And some I mean, people, that is the only game that they buy, and that's fine. They just need to learn how to venture outside of that bubble. But it's... <laughs> it's <laughs> nice. That, if, you're, if you're waterfalling during this point, that's... Sorry. Just because I accidentally used a soundboard thing because I couldn't help it, I let Steven know that was just for him, and here was his response with a frowny face, because we know how much Steven loves the soundboards. <laughs> oh, thefanboyblows.com. I'm just going to keep plugging him, because then they're going to get drunk. <laughs> So, I don't know sure if they're familiar with the drinking game rules. Oh, uh, it just popped up on the YouTube side, so I'll read it. Ryan says, this is a solid case where I'll vote with my wallet. Gamers too often forget that you don't have to buy a game and play it. There are dozens of games out there to satisfy your need. It's true. I 100% agree. There you go. There's plenty of shooters out there that you want to play. I mean, hell, you can go You can go play Halo 4, you can go play any of the other shooters that are coming out, and you don't have to buy into having to pay additional fees for the privilege of using their servers. Planet Side 2, guys, right now, if you have a PC and you're into Call of Duty, Planet Side 2 is absolutely fucking amazing. And it's completely free! Nice. Yeah. Fuck Call of Duty. I'm, I'm playing Halo right now, okay? This is this is how you know Halo 4 is good, is that I actually am fucking playing it because I hated Halo. Hated it. Just because it pissed me off. I was horrible at it. So if I'm actually playing a game is how I generally go with you should probably play it with me. There you go. Well, so guys, as we wrap up the VGA discussion here, uh, before we go off that real quick, uh, JS said Planet Side 2 is epic. So there's at least one other person that's been out there playing it out of because I haven't played it yet. But nope. should we play a game? It's the new game that's sweeping the nation. ATGN is proud to bring you Fact or Fiction. The rules are simple. We make a simple statement. You, the contestant, tell us whether it's fact or fiction. Now let's get ready to play the game. Let's play a game. Let's see. This week we're going to go with our old standby of a game of fact or fiction, which is oh, a game no. open to everyone, including our guys on the YouTube side. Wait, does that mean I have to show my tits to win again? Um, maybe. Oh. You guys heard it. You guys uh, vote with your mouths over on the... Boobs uh, and bacon. Boobs and bacon. I have bacon but, downstairs, too. <laughs> See? But the, the premise of the game Fact or Fiction here is I'll make a statement, and our panelists will have to say whether that's fact or fiction in their opinion, and why. I will award points based on what I think might be the best argument, the funniest argument, but, you know, the points don't really matter one bit. It's much like the old game Whose Line Is It Anyways. We award, award points randomly and just for shits and giggles, and if you win, you don't really get anything. It's like the equivalent of a Stan Lee no prize. And yeah, random, I just made an old school comics reference. Random nice. side note to the Whose Line Is It Anyway? You can watch all of that on YouTube. All of Every episode of a Whose Line is on YouTube. They've also had three spinoff shows since then. The last one just ended and they're starting a new one and I'm super excited. The ones on YouTube, is it the American one or the English one? They have both. Both oh, the UK nice. version. They have both UK version and American version. And it's all on YouTube? That's it's awesome. It's all on That's YouTube. Awesome. I spent way too much time watching it. Way too much. Anyways, let's play the game. And st- I'll stop sidetracking things. Alright, so we'll start with our first statement here. 
<laughs> and um, statement number one, after seeing the trailer for Star Trek Into Darkness, you're excited for the new movie. Fact or fiction? And we'll start with Anthony. Uh, fact. I was already excited beforehand, and then the trailer got me more excited. I find it it's it's almost ridiculous. I was a slight Star Trek fan growing up. Like I watched Next Generation when it came out. I saw you know the old old show on reruns on the weekends and stuff. But was never a huge fan. J.J. Abrams has made me a gigantic Star Trek fan. I love Star Trek now. I can't wait. I will be at this movie opening night. I'll make an argument here. Is this this is Star Trek influenced movie? It's not really Star Trek though. If you grew up watching them, because Gene Roddenberry envisioned it as the wagon train to the stars and. And peaceful exploration and stuff. Don't get me Gene wrong. Gene Roddenberry wrote a show about Captain Kirk sleeping with as many different colored women as he could. Good for Captain Kirk, man. <laughs> this is a bit more sci-fi than that. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm totally stoked. I can't wait to see this flick. It looks awesome. Uh, Naki, how about yourself? Have you, looked, have you seen the trailer? I have seen the trailer. Um, I'm, I'm also in the same boat as Anthony. I'm not really a Star Trek fan, but... Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbum, <laughs> all over the place. Like, oh my god. For the fangirl in me, for the Sherlock fangirl, that satisfied my every need. But, um... Well, I got a question for you then. Is the voice he's using in the movie, is that his voice? Is it similar to Sherlock's voice? I haven't watched Sherlock it's, yet. Um, it's kind of weird. Like, it, my sister and I were, were discussing it, and... Yes and no. <laughs> um, it, it's very much... Uh, well, it's Benedict's voice. Okay. I didn't know um, if he was changing not, up any for it. It's not the... It doesn't feel like a Sherlock voice, though. It, does, it has a very different tone to me. Um, I don't know if a lot of fans are going to agree with me on that. I'm sure I'm probably going to get slammed for one way or another for that. Well, but, you, you got a comment from Ryan already. He says it's Benedict DJ Batch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> DJ time. <laughs> Um, I think we should make a rule for every time I call DJ time because that's that's. that's we'll bad. add that to the next uh, <laughs> rules. But uh, anyways, I I am I I really enjoyed the last Star Trek movie, even with all the lens flare. So I was already excited for it before they released the trailer. <laughs> yes, the fat 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 comment is appropriate. At even this though that's like an hour ago, that comment came on screen. <laughs> Um, but uh, yes, it's it is. I, I am excited for it. I'm extremely excited. For Before it. we start going to the user comments, we've gotten this. Adahe, how about yourself? Have you seen the trailer? Adahe gives not a fuck about your Star Trek. Excellent. So that would be a fiction for Adahe. He does not give two shits. But um, let's see. <laughs> going into our comments, we've got a couple here. Uh, Steven asked, "I thought I was the new intro. Where's my horrible song? Don't worry, I'm integrating it in eventually." That he sang last week, and then evidently I remind oh, him of the Also, the fanboybuzz.com. As we brought up the discussion on, uh, excuse me, of Star Trek, JS commented, "Bonner? Uh, do you mean boner?" <laughs> of the fanboybuzz.com. I can I can only say this so many times, guys. Go. He said, uh, "You guys are going to be completely drunk." Uh, Steven voted on this one. He said, fact, Starship's coming out of water is realistic, dot, 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 in my mind. And as we go and talk about the trailer, we can bring that up. We'll talk about that in the next bit, mostly. But there's a scene where it looks like the Enterprise is freaking rising out of a lake. Sexy. Let's see. He also asked, does, does he sound like he's trying to sound like Picard? 
And that com- that goes back to a comment I made on a message board saying that, you know, this would be a great alt-world thing if like, he was Picard from the future in that alternate universe trying to go back and reset things. That would be actually a really interesting storyline. Let's see. Uh, Ryan says, also, we all know Benedict Cumberbatch isn't playing Colin or Mitchell. He's playing Harcourt Fenton Mudd. And if you've seen the original series, Harry Mudd is, uh, has a, is a slight bit character in there. Let's see. Uh, Trauma know. Time. We haven't seen him on yet today. Because that trailer was awesome. Hey! I'm so pumped for it. And then uh, JS says, fat, 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 fanboy buzz. Fanboybuzz.com. <laughs> fat, 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 fat. <laughs> So we just doubled up. And uh, he also says it has an update on our track. He goes, yes, at the start, it sounded like Picard, the voice. Which, that's why I was asking you if that was his regular voice or not, Naki. Gotcha. So, as for myself, I'm freaking excited to see this movie. I think it'll be interesting now, it's not, like, my top list, but the trailer makes me excited to see it. So, awarding points. One for Adahe, because he fucking just told us he how don't. he felt about it. <laughs> Adahe don't give a fuck. He's like Honey Badger, yo. Look at how and, many fucks I don't give. <laughs> and just because I can award points to our YouTube commenters, Jazz gets one because the fat, fat, fat fanboy buzz made me laugh. And uh, Ryan gets one because of the Harry Mud reference, which was friggin' awesome. <laughs> nice. Let's I'm see. So uh, <laughs> Second statement. I'm, back. I'm so tired. This is this is just what happens when I'm tired, guys. I show my tits. Sorry. Excellent. Then second statement. Factor <laughs> fiction. After uh, excuse me, The Walking Dead season, mid-season finale was awesome. Yes. We'll start with Naki then. Factor fiction. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed the uh, mid-season finale. Uh, I heard a lot of people did not enjoy it, and that really confused me, and I kind of wanted to just, like... How do you not enjoy it. that one? I thought it was awesome. I, I was really, I was really, really, really happy with it. Um, I'm really kind of sad that now i got to wait till February to the next episode. Um, forgive me, as my brain is currently not functioning, and there was a scene in it... Um... Oh, Ada, hey, there's spoilers here if you don't want to be spoiled. I know you're oh, watching shit. from the... That's right. I don't give a fuck. Okay. Okay. Um, with, um, uh, I, I'm super excited that Ta- Therese, I'm saying that right, right? Yes. Therese. Is, is now there. We're now seeing Therese. Cuddy from the wire. Yeah. But I, I was super excited that he is now a part of the story in the TV universe. Now, I think Adahe has given us his answer to this question in visual form. <laughs> For those listening to the audio, that's, uh, what is his name, Dr. Weird from, uh, yes. from uh, Aqua Teen Hucker Force. He said, gentlemen, behold, all the fucks I gave. <laughs> <laughs> the other one was better. Did you actually see the other one? Yeah, I did. The Spider-Man one. The Spider-Man one. That was nice. So uh, we'll, we'll kick it over to Anthony then. Fact or fiction, The Walking Dead mid-season finale was awesome. Uh, fact. Um, yes. Big spoiler alert. The, the Merlin Daryl shit was awesome. That leads up to what could be one of the best parts of the show so far to make you look forward to the next episode because it looks like those two might fight. Yeah. And so that is just fucking awesome. Um, everybody that loved T-Dog, fuck all y'all. T-Dog didn't exist in the book. T-Dog was a throwaway character to hell with him. Tyrese is awesome. I like that T-Dog. Show is awesome because Tyrese is now on it. Tyrese I, is the man. I did really enjoy T-Dog, though. Regardless oh. of the fact that he was not part of, bo- of the books, I did enjoy T-Dog. The actor was good. 
and some of the stuff they had him do as a character was fine, but I didn't care about the character at all because he's not that Daryl level of a new invented character that's really going to affect the story. True. He was just kind of a throwaway character. That is true. I but I just I was sad when D Dog died. I was very sad. Uh, I would go with I mean, Max. Sorry, Adahay. Tyrese makes it. It's all about Tyrese. Yeah, Tyrese makes Hammer it. Hammer time, I, bitches. Hammer time. Exactly. I'm going with fact on this one because if only for the fight between Michonne and the governor because it was so fucking brutal. I mean, honestly. Yeah, the bar brawl in his apartment. The bar brawl in his apartment. And then when she shoves that glass shard in his eye socket. And it's oh, God, in that, I it's flinched It's hanging so out of his eye as he cries over the, over the dead zombie body of his daughter. I, I, mean, I, oh, I flinched so oh, bad. They made that so awesome. Bad. They made that so crazy intense. And pretty much anything Michonne does with the samurai sword has been badass so far. Pretty much anything Michonne has done has been badass so far. Yes. Which is in character. Yes, that's true. That's very true. But, uh, the, the, um, the, I like what they've done with Glenn. I really enjoy what they've done with Glenn. So you don't think Glenn's a pussy? No. God, no. Glenn <laughs> is not a pussy. The comic. Well, that's a difference. Yeah, that, that's wait until di- issue 100. It's, I won't it's spoil a di- you. It's a, it's, it's, <laughs> he it's knows a what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm trying to separate it in my head to try to make it to where in my head the Walking Dead TV show is not the comic book. They just have they've, some similarities, but it's yeah, not the same. They've gotten so far away from it, honestly, because Andrea and Carol are the exact opposite characters of what they are in the comic. And yeah. the Walking Dead. I love Andrea and hated Carol. Yeah, the game by Telltale is also tied into the comic world, not the TV world as well. For those that were wondering, that we talked about like ridiculously, so let's see. Uh, I've I've got some comments to go here. Adhe's <laughs> got one pulled up for me. He goes, uh, "Ryan has the comment of Fat Boy Buzz." Let's see. That is the porno offshoot of the Fanboy Buzz, which you can check out at thefanboybuzz.com. Let's see. Going through the other comments, Troma Time says, "I look like Picard today," which <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment because Patrick Stewart's the fucking excuse me, Sir Patrick Stewart is the fucking man. He's actually on the episode of Top Gear I'm watching right now. See, perfect timing there. Let's see. Uh, Stephen chimed in, haha, 10 points to Ryan for the fat boy buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, now they're awarding points? What the hell? They're taking over for you, Chris. They can award points on their side, but they don't mean anything in the real game yet. Not the points matter. JS says more tits. <laughs> there you go. Evidently, uh, Wallace agrees. <laughs> 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 Let's see. Steven says he's going with fact because it was so good, but gets a fiction due to the lack of fat material. <laughs> yeah, that was a says, hard episode to masturbate to. Yes, it was. was yes. God, I need to save that comment for our show <laughs> intro. <laughs> That's at one sixteen twenty. Oh God! Uh, Trauma Time says fact. I enjoyed Tyrese Woot. Hell yeah! Uh, Wallace says. Um, Walking Dead was fantastic. The governor sure needs to keep his eye on things a little better, though. <laughs> Pretty good nice. pun. Ryan says, uh, despite numerous rock recommendations to watch The Walking Dead, I have a hard time sitting down for it because I am so over zombies. It's understandable. I, I do understand where you're coming from, Ryan. It's worth it to get... If, you get, if you're able to walk past that, uh, no pun intended, um, it, it's really worth your time. It's not a show about zombies. It's a show about what people do during a zombie plague. The people are the walking dead is what you could argue. Exactly. Right. It's not It's not a show... Exactly what Anthony said. It's not a show about zombies. They just happen to be a part of it. Going back to the comments, Steven says, let's throw away Daryl then. 
Are you? No. No, My because ovaries. Daryl and Merle were created specifically for the show and actually have had an effect on it and are good characters. Mm-hmm. T-Dog didn't really change anything in the story to where when he died, I didn't care. If Daryl died right now, I would actually care because he's actually affected the characters and has played in the world. He's arguably the most popular character on the show. T-Dog right did affect the this, this story. He made Merle lose his hand. That's true. It is T-Dog's fault. Because he's the one that dropped the keys. Merle, another character who doesn't exist in the uh, comics. Merle and Daryl were made up for the show. Troma Times says... uh, Robert Kirkman loves them, so... They're going to be added to the new game, supposedly. Uh, Troma Times says, Governor and Michonne fight was so great, which I completely agree with. And here's a comment I think directed more towards you, Anthony, from Steven. He goes, don't argue it's not part of the book. That's a terrible argument. There's been some really good changes in the show. Some. Yeah. That's what I said. I'm, I mean, as a, as a huge fan of the book, I love the idea of the comic becoming a show, but I have had to try to separate it in my head because there's literally stuff... <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> there's stuff in the comic that they could never, ever show on the TV show, and so they've had to make certain changes. I just It bugs me when they make changes that don't seem to be needed or necessary, and they're not, then they don't make for a better story. Well, we, we got to follow up on that one. It hasn't shown up in the comment tracker yet, but he said, uh, yet you just argued that T-Dog is terrible because he's not in the book. I, my argument on T-Dog being terrible would be that he just really didn't have much impact in the show. Yeah. Because they didn't really give him much to do, is why I didn't particularly care for his character as much as he occasionally got to say something. Exactly, and all of his stuff could have been done if they did just introduce Tyrese earlier like he was in the comics. Yeah, he, he could have been Tyrese, I think, is is the point yeah. that I would I, make on that it one. Just, it seems like he was a fill-in character because like, wait, we can't start an episode of the TV show. If there's going to be black characters eventually, we have to have a black character at the start. It seemed like they honestly were just trying to fill in social groups. And then, I mean, if that's the reason he was really there, that's pretty stupid. Well, I thought... I, I honestly thought when the show first started, and I know obviously this has been corrected for me obviously since then, was that I thought T-Dog was supposed to be Tyrese, just a different version of him. And obviously that's not the case, but that's, that was the impression I was under. Was and it? that might have been, I think, their original idea, depending on whether or not they got a second season. So, I mean, it's I don't I, I, I felt sad when, when T-Dog died. I felt sad. So, I mean, I... But At then least he again, had to go out in a kind of badass way after being like useless for a season and a half. Yeah, his death was good. It was a good. It was a good death scene, and it was it was used well. And I mean, yeah. there you go. You know, it's there. There's someone that the the character. It, you know, she was affected by his character dying and enjoyed the story. So I mean, the character's not a throwaway to everybody. I just I personally didn't really care for him. For the for the for the record, though, that episode particularly, right in the right right. In my brain, like it, I felt like Walking Dead had beat me up and steal, stolen my lunch money after watching that episode. That episode was hard to watch. Yeah, I agree. That show is good TV. Wa- yes. Walking Dead is a show where I regularly come out of it where I feel like I've just been kicked straight in the gut because of some of the things that happened. Much, much like the video game did to me at times. Where not it, in season two though. I did not. I never felt that way with season two. Near the end but, of season two, especially the the Shane episode. <laughs> Yeah, see, and that's the thing. In the comic, that has happened in the comic, I think, eight to ten times to me, where I put down an issue and went like, holy shit. Actually, the TV show's only maybe done it to me twice. I will say that what Michonne does to the governor in the comic book, they could never get away with doing on TV. Exactly, and I I miss that because it's so good. You know, her action figure actually comes with a power drill, pliers, and a spoon. Yeah. 
That I is actually, the best product placement ever. I, I had to stop reading the Walking Dead comic for a bit because of what happened between Michonne and the governor, and the, there was like torture porn, and it was exactly just, yeah. It, it was, I, I could not get through it. My brain was just like, "You need to stop reading this right now because this is awful. Stop it." It was. It was. It, I'm glad. Like in that sense, I'm kind of glad it's not an HBO show. You know. Let's, let's see. We got a couple new comments here. Uh, sure. Ryan going back to talking about points earlier that they were. He goes, "They're Canadian points. They just end up in our penny jars. Most cashiers won't know the difference." <laughs> Okay, fair point. But soda machines won't take them. Soda machines won't take them. Uh, Wallace says, arguing that the book is better is silly. Look at all the shows based on books that are so good. Uh, uh, well, okay, Dexter, Truth. Uh, Dexter, the show's better. Dexter, the show is much, much better than the... True Blood, I haven't read the books. The True Blood books are exactly the same. Well, not exactly the same, because they're two different stories. Right, but in the sense that you watch them in a guilty pleasure, or read them in a guilty pleasure way, because they're not good. Like, it's not, you're not reading it to up your intelligence points by any means. Just like you don't watch True Blood to up your intelligence points by any means. It's vampire porn, and that's what it is. I I will say, when it comes to arguments about whether a book is better or not, they're different mediums, so it's very hard to try and make them the same, because you can get away with much slower-paced storytelling in a book than you can in a TV show, where ratings are the most important thing ever, and blah, 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 blah. Right. Let's see, uh, one more comment on this Walking Dead stuff. Uh, Steven says, I have to say the progress of Carl becoming a leader is already about a bajillion times better than the book. Carl took way too long to become a badass in the comic. Uh, completely true. Carl was that is freaking... true. But at this point, Carl is on his way to becoming king of the badasses in the comic. Yeah, I he's going to arguably take over. Kid. I would fuck with anybody in the cast in that comic right now except for Carl. Well, wasn't, wasn't one of the guys that said something to the effect of, I don't want to fuck with that kid or something like that? Pretty much. Yeah. So, myself, I say fact on this because this Walking Dead episode, fucking fantastic. Let's see. How am I I just realized my shirt is inside out, so I'm going to fix that. (laughs) For those of you who, well, you guys didn't didn't get to see this at the pre-show. I was actually getting dressed on camera because I could not find my clothes for the life of me. All right, so we'll give Naki a point since she's talking about getting dressed on camera. And I'm stripping right now. Sorry. I think you can kind of see it, too. So, point awards go there. I'm going to give... Let's see, who else is getting points here? Ryan, you get points because I like the reference to Canadian points. It made me laugh. And I don't know. I kind of lost track of things, so I just awarded points that way. We got one more question on Factor Fiction. I points. Fuck you. You get a point because you put funny GIFs on screen. Everybody gets a point. <laughs> this is my response. Wait, I got a point? point? Hooray. There you go. Here's Adahay's response to not All getting the points. Queen. The queen is flipping us the bird. The third Factor Fiction statement, Factor Fiction, the Walking Dead game was deserving of Game of the Year honors. We sort of covered this a little bit, but let's start with you, Adahay, because you are a resident gaming extraordinaire. Uh, fuck yes! Um, I still, I, I can't wait for this the next installment, because I want to know Season who the two. fuck was standing on that fucking hill! I think it was just amazing. Like, it... it it did something games haven't done in a long time, and that's connect you with the character. Like, you actually felt connection to everybody. When something happened, you were like, oh, I fucked up. <laughs> yeah. There's a part in episode three, I think it is, when you're on the train and you have to go off the tra- I'm not going to give spoilers here, but you have to go off the train to go deal with a problem in the woods. I shit you not, it made me cry. Uh because it was like a, it's just like the TV show is like a fucking punch to the gut, and I was like, oh my god, did this really just happen? Could I have fixed this? Could I have prevented this somehow? And I don't think there really was a way to have prevented it. Probably. So, Anthony, have you played the Walking Dead game? Um, I actually downloaded the like the preview on the PlayStation Network, and after that, I've 
just, I mean, I've heard good stuff about it, but I refuse to play it because I couldn't stand the play controls. Yeah, the play controls are a little rough. I'll, I'll give you that. It reminded that's, me, it made me feel like I was playing Resident Evil 1 again. It's like, why am I pointing this way? Why is the camera turning? Fuck you! And I just put it down. That was really the only problem that I had with the game, and that's why I think I'm still only at episode one, but I really enjoy the, the story of it. Yeah, so, so Naki, to you, fact or fiction, you think it was deserving of Game of the Year honors? Um, I'll say fact. Just because I think um, story... This, I really... I prefer story-driven games, and the fact that it is so story-driven, and it is so well done being story-driven... Story not just, you know, um, you know, this is a really good story, but I'm going to give you, you know, shit to work with it. You know, you, sure. you're going to have to do this, this, and this, and this, and this before you can actually advance the story. I mean, it's actually a good story that you actually can really get into. And that's, uh, you know, um, that that from that perspective, I can really see it being game of the year for that. See, the, the reason I put this one in there, there's a lot of people who are trying to make the argument that the Walking Dead, it's really not much of a game as more of just like a choose-your-own-adventure kind of book with occasional actions in it. And the fact that it beat out games like, say, Halo 4, Assassin's Creed, Dishonored, and things like that just goes to show that the results shouldn't be right. And I, I don't agree with that. I think this just goes to show that a good story makes a good game. You really can't you can't deny the fact that people enjoy choose-your-own-adventure, though. I mean, yeah. look at the books. Look at Look at Choose Your Own Adventure books. Look at the, Choose Your Own Adventure anything. People the problem with this game is you can't cheat like you can in Choose Your Own Adventure books. You can't hold your thumb in place. Like, oh, this sucks. I'm flipping back. You can't read backwards and choose, check out all three choices. So, but yeah, makes, what, just because you don't mash buttons, it's not game of the year? Yeah, I don't agree with that. But th- this game, you make decisions, and then you second-guess yourself. And you're like, oh, shit. Oh, why did I do that? And I've talked about it a lot on here before. But you get to me, that sounds like great storytelling in a game. You get incredibly involved in this game. Telltale so, knocked it out of the park with it. And I'm, I can't wait for season two. I have to finish playing season one. I'm just now on episode four. Because episode three broke my heart. <laughs> I'm still Maybe I'll have to pick of... up a used version. Well, it's been digital only. They just put the disc versions out, I think. I picked oh, it up it on Steam. Digital only before? Yeah, it, okay. you can get it on Steam on sale from time to time. It'll go on sale for like 10 or 12 bucks. I have it on Xbox. Let's see, we got some comments here. Steven says one Canadian dollar equal to one point zero one two zero nine US dollars. <laughs> Rachel says, Oh yeah, strip and knocky, best episode ever. There you go. Brian says nudity equals points. I can't argue with him because he's our resident game master. Uh, JS says he only uses US dollars to wipe his bum now, it's cheaper than toilet paper. <laughs> Wow. And then Steven, the other Canadian on the show, thinks that that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see both of them at thefanboybuzz.com. Oh, man. We're getting almost as pluggy as last week. <laughs> I am, well, they were as pluggy for us. <laughs> as we wrap up our Walking Dead discussion, let's see. Oh, my uh, God. Awarding points, Adahe gets one because he found an awesome animated gift that makes me smile. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> and... None of us are getting points. All of our YouTube commenters are because all the comments that came up during this Walking Dead conversation are fucking gold. <laughs> wait, wait, I was stripping. Don't okay, you get it. two points for stripping then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she gets the naked points. You get naked, naked points. points. That's the only way I get points these days. <laughs> we got one more statement that's open-ended if we want to do it or we just want to move on to something else. I got a good one for it. Okay. 
Let's, we'll go with the next statement. This is open-ended, which we occasionally do to wrap up Factor Fiction. So we'll, we'll try and keep this one short so we can move on to the next segment. Open-ended, what is your must-read comic series so far this year? We'll start with Anthony. Um, it's actually, I believe the book, the individual issues actually came out last year, but this year the trade just came out, and so I finally read it. The Strange Talent of Luther Strode. I actually stayed away from this comic, even though I was hearing good stuff about it, just because I hate the title. It just mm-hmm. sounds really weird. But when you read the book, you realize that it's the title that once they came up with it, they couldn't change it. The, the title itself is so integral to the story. It's just an amazing comic. It's ultra-violent past the level of kick-ass. And it's basically the story of what happens if a nerd in high school got one of those, you know, the, the send-away for the beach body so the guy don't kick sand in your face books and become a super badass – what if you got a book like that in the mail and it literally turns you into the type of person that can rip people apart with your bare hands? That actually sounds really badass. <laughs> it's an amazing comic. The first six-issue trade just came out. Um, it actually, it's, it's been out for a little bit. I picked it up. My buddy got it at the library and let me borrow it before we're sending it back. And it's one of the funnest six-issue comics I've ever read. It's the best thing I've read this year. Hmm. That's one I might have to look into. About the yourself, strange Marty. talent of Luther Strode. Strokey beard. Um, Do you have a must-read comic series so far of the year? I have actually started reading Lock and Key. Mm. Uh, I have. I that had come highly, highly recommended to me because I love horror and uh, all of that. the The story of Lock and Key um, has. I picked up the first trade copy while I was in New York. Um, back in October, and have not been able to stop reading it since then, and it's it's eating my money, and I don't have any money, so this is really kind of difficult to do. Um, If you like horror, and you like puzzles, and you like, you know, things that are really going to really, like, make you think, uh, Lock and Key is fantastic. And the IDW hardcovers are gorgeous. the, The art in it is fucking amazing. Like, I'm just, I... I, I I know there's a game of it out now, and now I I I, I think it's tabletop, um, and I, that's that's on my to playlist because I really want to play the lock and key. Uh, we got we had a couple comments pop up. I wasn't paying attention to when they did, but uh, JS says great fucking series. I'm not sure he's referring to Anthony's pick or to Naki's. They both uh, are. I've <laughs> uh, heard they are, and uh, Steven suggests Saga. Saga was really good. I've heard saga good things is, about Saga. Um, damn it, I can't think of who wrote it now. I don't know off the top Brian of my head. Brian K. Vaughn. It's That's basically it. what if Brian K. Vaughn sat down and said, I should write Star Wars. Oh, they've already done Star Wars. I'll create my own Star Wars. Works for me. Inside of a, a five, six-issue miniseries, the trade of that just came out, too, and it was it's amazing and epic. In five books, he brings an entire Star Wars-sized world together. It is an awesome comic. That Which, that in itself is a feat. <laughs> yeah. He creates so much myth and backstory inside of the first miniseries. It's ridiculous how much has created of that a world that big in such a short amount of time. And for those that don't know, Lock and Key is also out. The Gabriel Rodriguez is the artwork, which is gorgeous. But Joe Hill's the guy that wrote it. And when you want to talk about horror, it's Stephen King's kid. People, this is a guy That's that awesome. grew up in a yeah. house of horror. Joe Hill has also written a couple of other... Joe Hill is, a, is an author who's written novels as well on top of Lock and Key, this series. And 
uh, his novels are fucking terrifying. Terrifying. If you really think about them. So, if you like horror novels, if you like Stephen King, if you like that sort of thing, you will fucking love Lock and Key. Alright, how about yourself, Adahe? Do you have a must-have comic series of the year so far? Nope. <laughs> I was expecting your... your <laughs> oh, I was expecting you to be a dick, because I knew you were expecting me to say something. No, I'm sorry. No, I got sorry. nothing. But, uh, of course, Deadpool. Deadpool! And anything with Deadpool in it. I'll also be picking up Thunderbolts, probably, as well. I, I read Thunderbolts 1. I thought it was really boring. Just well, that's, a heads that's up. A set up one. So I mean, have you read Avengers one yet? I have not read Avengers one. I have to go pick it up at my local it's store. Kind of boring, but Open Game Style. Style. That's yeah, what I was really hoping for. I'll, I'll be doing. I'll be reading Avengers, uh, Thunderbolts, and probably Deadpool. Actually. Thunderbolts, I think, could be good, but I'm not sure. It's got Red Hulk, and I'm not a big fan of Red Hulk. Yeah, I've never been a fan of Red Hulk, but Rock. it's got Deadpool. Yeah. Deadpool and Punisher are a fun combination. Let's see. As for myself on this one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick one of the big-name publishers, but I've really loved Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo on uh, Batman, and the fact that that's gone from the Court of Owls, which was an awesome mm. story arc, into the, uh, the fucking Death of the Family story arc they have going on throughout all of Batman right now. Fucking fantastic. The the Batgirl tie-in's been good. The Batman books themselves have been good. Death of the Family, I've really enjoyed. And I'm not much of a DC fan normally, aside from well, aside from Batman, so that's probably why I'm enjoying it so much. But, um, I have to agree, this is the first time ever that Batman's been on my pull list. Yeah, Batman has been really good. Plus, they've made the issues look really cool. Like, this was one of the Batgirl issues in there, where they've got, like, the Joker's face that then pulls off and shows the actual faces beneath. It, it's no. really creepy. And the Batman cover was the same. Yeah, the Batman cover was the same. And there's a lot of people that have been doing like Photoshop manipulations to hold this up and then make their own face show up behind it. Really. I, I have a question about the whole because I, I, I really didn't get into the new fifty two. I didn't I didn't really get to read anything like I well, wanted the to. The new fifty two for Batman, nothing really changed. Okay. Well <laughs> well I actually The only difference is that Dick is in Gotham and not Bloodhaven. Because Bloodhaven was destroyed oh, really? in the old fifty two. It was new. See, I'm, I, I must be really far behind, much far behind that thought. But the question that I have is Barbara Gordon, she's back as Batgirl. Did the killing joke not happen? The killing joke did happen. They, actually, the uh, I think it was Batgirl 13 or 14, they pretty much they showed that killing joke did happen and she has recovered somehow. They haven't said how exactly. But she has memories of the Joker being the one that shot her and lots of flashbacks back to killing joke. And what was really creepy at the end of the last Batgirl I read, is the Joker is trying to make her his bride. Oh. Whoa. Well, yeah. That's a little... Alright. Um, but was, does, is, are they tying in Death of the Family to to the Killing Joke? Or are they, you know... It's a separate thing, but... Okay. The really, the coolest thing about Death of the Family, and this is a spoiler for when reading it, the last issue of Batman, Batman goes to confront the Joker on the bridge, and the Joker basically tells Batman he knows who they all are. Nice. Yeah. And they're making it look like Alfred's going to die, but I think that's too obvious that he'll be the one that dies in the end. But oh. fucking... Yeah, and for those that aren't seeing it, Greg Capullo's Joker is now the scariest fucking thing in the world. Oh, I know. Capullo and uh, Snyder, I always mess up his name, have been the perfect team-up for Batman. I've they really enjoyed awesome. it. And, and for those that enjoy his work, I would say go check out... Uh, uh, Kevin Smith has a podcast called Fat Man on Batman. His most recent one's an interview with Scott Snyder, talking about where he got a lot of his ideas and stuff from. And it's, an American vampire. Yeah, it's, it's 
I really enjoyed American Vampire. Is um, is Gail Simone still writing Batgirl? She's writing Batgirl right now. She's been writing it since the new Fifty Two kicked off. I was wondering if if that was still like she because I I follow her Twitter feed and I I don't uh, I I try to catch up as much as I can. She kind of tweets a lot, so I I don't always get to see everything. Um, But she was talking about how she had left some things and not doing you know. So I didn't know if Batgirl was still one of the things. No, she's still doing Batgirl. She's also got a Kickstarter project that she's been doing that got ended up getting funded. Nice. I, she has. Uh, she was part of the the women the womanology, right? She was part of that. Mm-hmm. So. so awarding points, uh, you have a Gangnam Style cover out of hey, you get a point. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you give him points for that for like every week now. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm, I'm, building, I'm building a custom frame for it too. I don't go buy frames like your little bitch ass. Fair enough. Let's see and. Um, Everybody gets points because I like comics and they're all good answers. Hooray for comics! Hooray for comics! And um, as for the winner of this game, we'll go with Naki again because she stripped on camera. Yeah. There you go. Y'all get to look at my skis. As we as we close off on uh, Factor Fiction, we got a couple comments that haven't shown up in the feed yet. Let's see. Uh, Troma Time says all those picks are great. Joe Hill for the win, and then also continues to say that Batman and Green Lantern universe did not change as much in, in the new Fifty Two. I knew Green Lantern wasn't going to. The two, yeah, that weren't touched. Yeah, yeah, Green Lantern just had a big change occur, though, in uh, Green Lantern Zero, I guess it was, where there's now a new Green Lantern because they killed Hal Jordan and Sinestro. Of course. And well, Hal Traumatime, Jordan has died so many times at yeah, this point. Yeah, Time also says, awesome, I shall have to check that out, for I love Kevin Smith and Scott Snyder, and that will be awesome. Nice. Um, well, we've got, like, 20 minutes left, so let, let's burn through a little bit of the stuff on the uh, movie and TV side of things, because... We really should talk a little more about the Star Trek trailer. Other than yeah. the basics we've talked Cumberbum, already. Cumberbum, Cumberbum, Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, it does its job for a teaser, and thank God there's less lens flare in it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, hey, the first Star Trek movie, it was like fucking lens flare the movie. Honestly, and I don't care. I loved it. It was, it was, I've it was a fantastic movie. I've watched that movie over 15 times. J.J. Uh, Abrams and all them boys, they can use as many lens flares as they want, and they could do lens flare the movie, and I will go watch it. They actually, they play that movie on Spike a lot, so I tend to, like, be flipping through the channels and wind up watching Star But, Star but Trek. this is how you make it better. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> that is, like, the best swap movie poster ever. That was one of the best Photoshop manipulations I've seen. For those that are listening on the audio at a later date, someone took the Into Darkness, uh, movie poster, and photoshopped it so it was Star Wars into Dark Side. Put the Death Star in the background with Vader standing in front of it. And I'm so pretty positive fast. it's on our Facebook page. Yeah, it's on the ATGN Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash allthingsgoodnerdy, so we can plug our own stuff. Yeah! <laughs> there you go. Um, there, oh, speaking of Photoshop manipulation, someone has made a Nightwing poster with Joseph Gordon-Levitt that I want to make real. That is a cool poster. I've seen that image. It's well yeah. done. It is so well done. I, I gotta find it again, so I'll post it up on the ATGN Facebook page. Um, I think one of the biggest fanboy arguments I've seen on this movie, I'm trying to find the right screenshot as I talk about it, is that it looks like the the friggin' Enterprise, and I can't find the screenshot yet there. Save my life. There it is. It looks like near the end of the trailer that the Enterprise itself is falling into San Francisco Bay Harbor. 
Yes, I remember yes, seeing that. I thought it looked like the when they were talking when you were saying earlier that it looked like a ship was coming out of the water. I thought it looked like a ship was crashing into the water. Well, there's two different pictures. I'll show you that one. But it looks like the Enterprise here. It looks like the Nacelle or some. It might not be the Enterprise, but a Constitution class ship rather has taken yeah. damage and is crashing in. And the question is, there's a screenshot earlier in the movie, and pardon the motion blur for those that are watching live. Wow, right here of a ship of what looks like a warp nacelle coming out of the water. And if you look, all you can see is the NCC. You can't see a ship registration. But it seems to me they want us to think it's the Enterprise. I don't know whether it is or not. But if a Star Trek ship crashes into the water, I don't see how it's going to survive. That, that's the biggest thing that has me going, what the fuck? Am I the only one here? Um, it, it sure I, is hell a cool visual. Don't get me it's wrong. A, it's a really cool visual. It's the whole... The, the only thing that, like, I'm trying to, I, I try to keep myself open-minded about these things because, I, as I am with most sequels, I'm very skeptical. Um, I like the even if stuff. they do, even though they, they, they brought in Benedict Cumberbatch, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm still incredibly skeptical because I, that, this just, you know, and I, you think I would get past it after The Dark Knight and all that stuff, but the truth is, is that most sequels are, awful, you know? And I don't want to think that Star Trek is going to be awful. But if they're going to... I have this fear that if they're going to do this whole, like, water thing where they're, they're crashing the ships into the water and it's going to be really... I'm just, like, sitting here like, are you going to end it in the two movies? Or, like, I, I don't know. My, my brain still hasn't quite wrapped around it. Well, one of the things I was getting at which JS is starting to bring up in the comments, he goes, it's a spaceship. It can survive, wa- it can survive water. Space yeah. is more dangerous than... Uh, Space equals more. Da- this space is more dangerous. But you see, my argument is there's a lot more pressure with water than there is in space. You got to have a more. You have to have a a thicker hull to survive that. Now, arguably, who God knows how far they're going to sink or how deep San Francisco Bay Harbor is. But there's more pressure from water than there is from space itself. That would be what concerned me. And plus, the way it hits the water is that those ships aren't really designed for atmosphere number one or number two crash landing. I mean, and, and let's go back to, uh, oh, here's a good point that Ryan just brought up. As this comment feed refreshed, remember the Enterprise D crashed into a planet and never let a woman drive. Hey, I'm Asian <laughs> and I'm a woman. Well, just go I'm back like and look. I'm the worst driver in the fucking world. Go back and look at next-gen movies and TV shows. The only times the Enterprise crashes is when Troy's driving. Just putting that out there. Wow. <laughs> but, um, let's see. Here we go. Uh, Steven asks, if a starship goes into the ocean and no one is around to call it fanboy arguments, does it still survive? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's always a fanboy around to argue it. There's always. Yeah. Half the the fun is arguing things like this. Exactly. One of the arguments I'd seen floated around the internet is the fact that, hey, Battlestar Galactica fucking dropped into the atmosphere of New Caprica and survived. But if you look at it, the ship basically got torched, and you just didn't realize it until two seasons later. Like, all the armor is flying off of it. The spine got broken. It did get a bit beat up. Have you guys seen Blood and Chrome? I have not, not watched it yet. I, got, oh. I just got all my press stuff for it, though, because I have the I have the last two episodes already. Like, I can't... I, I have not yet watched it, but I it's have the last two episodes so to watch. cool. I've watched this, uh, I think, the first four on Hulu or whatever, or YouTube, mm-hmm. yeah. and amazing effects and like the seeing like the the galactica 
brand spanking new is mm-hmm. awesome. I will say the what kid I that plays the young General Adama that plays like punk ass Space Cadet Adama is really cool. Yeah, what I've done on that is so they get the hits every time ones come up. I've turned on the video and I've walked out so they get the hits on it. And then when it comes on TV, I'll watch it and then I'll buy the Blu-ray because they came out and said that if it does well, they might reconsider and actually make there a series out of it. So I was going to say, like, what is, what is, what is, what is their plan views. with this right now? Because right now, they're not showing it on TV, right? They will so, show it on TV in January or February as a yeah. one-night movie, they'd said. Um, let's see, we got an argu- we're continuing on our argument about the ship crashing. JS says the fucking thing moves at warp speed. My fucking ass pressure. But they have warp fields to let them go at warp speed. Which so they need a water off. field. They need a water field. <laughs> Let's see, uh, continuing on that, we were talking about the Adama Maneuver, as it's called in uh, Battlestar Galactica. Ryan says, oh god, that maneuver had my jaw dropped, and it is fucking awesome. And then Wallace has a comment on our Blood and Chrome discussion. He says, I thought Galactica was garbage, but Blood and Chrome was excellent, even the terrible CGI. Really? I can't say Galactica was garbage. I didn't like the ending, but... I'd love Galactica. I haven't been able to get through Caprica. Caprica's harder. It picks up about halfway through the season when they realize they're going to get canceled and needed to, ma- to answer things. Like, I, I've only watched the first two episodes of Caprica, so I haven't gotten that far into it, but like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm just not interested. And I feel bad that I'm not interested. Uh, it's, it's all a show about personal politics and backstabbing, but I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, I really enjoyed Caprica, and especially near the end when they started answering questions, and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> and maybe that's just what I need to do, is I need to power through these first few episodes, but... Well, yeah, do we have consciousness, guys? Steven says, FYI, my son is now listening, so please increase the profanity. <laughs> so, we're going to say fucking, fucking, fucks, fucks, fucking, fucks? What? Thank God there's no rule for drinking when uh, he curse <laughs> on this show. And then Potato Waste has also said that Podbean is down yet again. So, um, those of us that host off of Podbean, might be time to start looking in the new host, because that's fucking ridiculous. It's more than third time. It's down at least three or four times a week. Yeah. Something called Podtastic or Podomatic. Yeah, the problem is the RSS feed update. We'll talk about it later. But as we're running out of time here, I just realized it's twelve forty-eight. Before we start going into what I'm into, I really wanted to talk a Kickstarter recommendation. Got a little extra money laying around? Well, let us help you spend it with this week's Kickstarter recommendation. Now, we've we've talked Kickstarter projects on here before and always said, do your research, make sure it's something that's worthwhile. Everyone has different opinions on Kickstarter, but there's a really cool one I wanted to talk about, which I just backed, and I have a pretty cool feeling on it because of some of the people that are helping to support that, but it is to restore the bridge to the Enterprise D. It's to create, an inter- it's to create a museum out of the original bridge from that show. And what happened here, after reading through their website, is these folks found the bridge on a Paramount studio lot, and it was just left out, getting rained on, getting weather damage taken, things like that. They bought the bridge, and now they're working to restore it and turn it into a museum. That's actually pretty cool. It's I mean, really cool, and here's the reason why you can not have as many fears about whether this is going to happen or not, because a lot of people are supporting this. If you go and look at a lot of the pledge incentives, they're donated by, like, say, Paramount Pictures, things like that. They're taking panels from the ship itself and they're getting members of the cast from next gen to sign them to make rewards for people that offer enough money to help support this project yes it has been funded already its goal was twenty thousand dollars up to twenty eight thousand two hundred eight dollars but this is a really cool project they've been featured on a bunch of different websites like the sci-fi blast 
Blaster, Engadget, Ars Technica, Mythbusters. StarTrek.com is going to be running an article on them here in the next couple of days as they wrap up. There's some great rewards out there. They've been adding stuff, all sorts of stuff signed by different cast members. They've had it at different cons getting publicity. Like, they've taken the, sh- the chairs from the bridge and had, like, in this picture, Kevin Sorbo, Michael Rooker, and Adrian Curry sitting on them to help hype it. Merle! It, it's a fantastic project. If you're a Star Trek fan, I think it's awesome. Like, some of their higher-level packages, you can have a, a dinner for two on the bridge of the Enterprise. Or you can get married on the bridge of the Enterprise, depending on how much you give. They've got different comic art that artists have donated and signed that they're giving away as rewards. And like I've said, with Kickstarter projects, there's no guarantee you're going to get anything. But with all the publicity behind this one, the fact that Paramount Pictures is helping to support it, I think that you can probably feel relatively confident that something good will probably end up happening on that. I mean, some of the rewards are uniforms. It's awesome. Um, the reward I ended up getting yeah. is I get a free, I get a Blu-ray of the next gen for the stuff that I donated for. And like they're giving away different wall panels and stuff. It's awesome. This one's from the bridge of the Star Trek experience, which is different. This is the actual bridge from the TV series. They're going to be repairing and turning into a museum. I think it's awesome. So, um, they're, they're taking... It's, sorry? I was going to say, it, uh, the thing that, that always drew me into Star Trek that I have not... Like I said, I've, I've said in the past, I've had a lot of issues with actually being able to watch the whole thing of Star Trek is that it's a very science-y um, show. It, it's science-based, and it's um, to, to make it into an interactive museum is actually really cool. Yeah. Tacos indeed, my friend. The, Tacos! This, this is... <laughs> I think it's an awesome project. I would love to actually go see the bridge when it's done. I, Next Gen is my favorite Star Trek, so I have a soft spot for it. And when I went and did the Star Trek experience in Vegas, I was just like, hey, I kind of want to just hang out on the bridge for a while. Can we stay? You cannot when that place existed. But if they rebuild the bridge, I think it's awesome instead of just letting the set rot away into nothingness. So Very that, cool. that is my Kickstarter recommendation. It's already been funded, but the more they get into it, the more they can repair things, do things with it. There's some really small reward. Any bit helps, but they've got some really small ones on there where, like, you can get some some replicas of, like, the isolinear chips and things like that. So, awesome project. The fact that they've gotten so much involvement from the former stars of the show and from Paramount Studios themselves to help do it, I think it goes to show you can have pretty good confidence that something will come out of this one. And um, we got a couple comments. Uh, Wallace said, I back this project as well. It's a great cause, and some of the incentives are really, really good. And that's true. Our, our stream of comments on the panel we have in here is not updating as quick, so I apologize, guys. But, it's yeah. all your fault, Chris. God damn it. It is my <laughs> fault. Uh, Wallace also says, personalized isolinear chips. Yes, please. And then uh, if you look on there, there's a picture of a signed picture from Andy Dick, who was the emergency medical hologram two in Voyager. Steven says the Andy Dick picture actually devalues the project. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. A little bit. bit. Uh, That wouldn't be a reward I would want. Let's put it that way. (laughs) But we have about seven minutes left, guys. Let's wrap up and let's go with our little segment we have here of what I'm into. that special time where we tell you what we're doing this week. And who'd like to start us off this week about what they've been into, what they're getting into for the week ahead? Anyone? Uh, I'll pick randomly, I don't care. Um, do me last because I'm pulling up something. Giggity. Wait, that's on um, <laughs> let, let, Let's go with uh, you, Ada. Hey, how about yourself? What have you been into? What are you getting into in the next uh, week? Recording a lot of stuff, playing with uh, Maya some more, of course, reading some comics. Um, getting ready for 
Shit, yeah, normal crap, yeah. Shit and crap. Shit and crap. That sounds uncomfortable. You know, well, everybody kind of dirty. Poops. Everybody does poop. Indeed, that's true. Please yep. don't read the book now. Poop. How about yourself, Anthony? What are you getting into? What have you been getting into? Um, all I'm into this week is coloring geek. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it for those um, that, are, that are tuning in live or haven't heard much about it? I actually got lucky. I'm actually part of a Kickstarter. Uh, Matt Cohen, the guy that just bagged and boarded over on Kevin Smith's podcast network, did a Kickstarter for a comic, and it was something where you know I looked at looked at the Kickstarter, liked what I saw, pledged for it, and then started following the artist. And I'd already been following Matt uh, because of bagged and boarded on like Twitter and stuff. Started looking at the artwork, and I just took one of their promo images and was playing with it in color and ended up talking to the editor and the three guys involved and got hired on to actually do the coloring for the Kickstarter. So now as Axel's doing pages, I'm coloring them. That's uh, awesome. Sadly, my computer went down for a week. Uh, two Fridays ago, came home, and between apparently a mix of an update from Windows and a virus, I spent a week not being able to turn my damn computer on. So last Saturday, when I was able to turn it on, I... You know, backed up all my files, deleted all my games. I uninstalled Rift. I uninstalled oh, Swotor. I uninstalled everything, and I'm basically I'm running nothing on my computer now except uh, Photoshop. <laughs> I'm okay. just coloring. So, so we hear you talk about that on a what Next Element podcast? Is that the it? Next Element podcast. <laughs> yep. At oh, Next look at Element that. Pod. And that yeah, was almost Next an Element organic plug Podbean. right there. <laughs> almost. Almost. <laughs> See, we're getting better at this whole plug-in thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and ours, unlike your guys', is an infrequent pod on the Junk Food Podcast Network. Me and Colin record whenever the hell we feel like it. We've done 22 Yay. episodes this year. Yeah, so you're a frequent guest on a lot of shows, because you've been on Spoiler Alert Theater at least a couple times now, haven't yes, you? Yes, I'm a founding member of Spoiler Alert I thought Theater. So. I, I'm the I just one that of... apparently created hashtag make pod. That's I guess so. Me. See, I just leached on after you guys started it. <laughs> hey, it works. <laughs> I'm leeching on for The Hobbit. The show about walking. Leech. Do you want to go next, Naki? I see you've got your picture up. There you go. I do. So this is the this is the Nightwing picture I was talking about earlier. You um, found one of the good ones. This yeah. is this is uh, the one that the part that makes me sad about that that says on the bottom is coming soon. Never. Um, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> probably not. But um, but yeah, that's that that is what I was talking about. Um, what I'm into is currently making my computer work. Um, not the same issues that that Anthony had. Uh, I have been working with Audacity trying to make cool things for you guys, and um, Audacity has decided that it is no longer like this laptop. So I have been struggling with that. I've also been playing Halo 4 when I get the chance. Um, also creating lots of things that have nothing to do with nerd things, just things that make me money. So um, doing a lot of that stuff. Uh, and... Um, oh, um, my sister's pregnant again, so I'm going to have another niece or nephew coming, so that's also going to take up my time. Yay! Let's Yay, see. more kids in the family. As for myself, I just got caught up on Arrow because I was about an episode and a half behind, and now I realize that next week's is the last one until next year, which, for oh, those that haven't yeah. seen Arrow yet, the last two episodes, they brought in the Huntress. Pretty nice. Awesome. Um, I, I, I just heard that my my uh, my secret boyfriend is on that show now. Tom Open so Michelle also, informed me. It, it looks like the next episode's The Dark Archer, which looks pretty badass. Um, I'm also rewatching Stargate Atlantis right now. 
because I'm just going through all the Stargates. That's what take I, you forever. That's what I generally turn on on Amazon in the evening when I'm going to bed. I'll read a book and have Stargate on. I'm like, oh, this is a good one. I'll pay a little more attention. Yeah, that could take a while. There's a yeah. lot of Stargate. That, that's why I haven't watched Star Trek or Stargate or like all of those. It's because it's there's so much. It's overwhelming. And I've been playing Dishonored, which I'm slowly getting to like more and more. It's an interesting game, but stealth's not really my thing. And then I'll be picking up my comics this week. And that brings me to a comment that I accidentally overlooked where Stephen asked, but Chris, I like comics and you don't talk about them that much here. Do you have any suggestion where I can hear more about comics? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. What about you guys? I've heard of this I've heard of this um, podcast. I think it was called the Fanboy Buzz. I mean, I could be wrong. I think I've heard of those guys. <laughs> I, I think um, I think you could find them at fanboybuzz.com. Maybe. well guys I think that about wraps us up for the week if anyone has any closing thoughts before we do our our long ass outro that I need to figure out how to shorten (laughs) I'm not stripping again (laughs) but but that was the song for it Uh, fine the music compels you the music (laughs) compels you Well, guys, no. <laughs> well, as we're going off the rails here, last call. Any closing thoughts, comments, feedback? Um, nope. Fair enough. I, I'm going to oh. go eat babies. Eat ba- All right, fair enough then. Uh, Anthony, thank you so much for being on the show again. You guys, check him out at the Next Element Podcast or any of his appearances on Spoiler Alert Theater or any of the other shows on the fine Junk Food Podcast Network. Another Yay! organic plug. Indeed, thank you for Pod the, <laughs> the Pod Family. We are a member of the Junk Food Podcast Network with many other shows. You'll be hearing more and more. You'll be hearing more and more about those as we go on. We've got some cool plans for collaboration, and there is talk of doing a holiday party show with the entire network. So that could be freaking crazy. We'll let you know as things develop on there. Chris and I will also be guest hosting on the lunch break, right? Lunch break with the F and Phoenix. Yes, with the F and Phoenix. Nice. Let's see. Um, For those of you that have been watching live, we really do appreciate it. All of your uh, all of your comments really help to make the show more fun, especially when they make us laugh out loud. So thank you, everyone who tuned in live and gave us comments. Those of you listening at a later date, feel free to watch us live. We stream live on Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we will put or the 10 link. 10 a.m. if you're central like me. Yes, I said Eastern so people could do the math. But we put the links mm-hmm. out on the YouTube and Facebook pages about a half hour, 45 minutes before the show starts. So to find us, make sure you follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash allthingsgoodnerdy or on Twitter, at ATGN Podcast. Also, like I said, we really welcome your comments. If you have comments at a later date, hit us up on one of those formats, or you can call our voicemail at 304-806-ATGN. And we do play those live. Anthony was our very first one. Our first and only, I might add. Don't say only. Just sounds better if we say that first. (laughs) (laughs) Don't volunteer information. It's pointed out to me on the comments side right here that uh, it's 8 a.m. Pacific time. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe we'll just start going with like you, the universal standard time or whatever, and we uh, UTC or whatever the hell it is when we announce the show times. But thank you everyone who tuned in. We really do appreciate it, and we will see you next week. Bye everyone. Dick butts. Bye. 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 Thanks for tuning into this brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. If you want to know the up to the minute happenings of the show, feel free to follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. 
The show can be found on Twitter at ATGN Podcast or on Facebook.com slash all things good and nerdy. If you have any comments or feedback, you can leave them either on Facebook or on Twitter, or you can hit us up at our voicemail number. Just call 304-806-ATGN and we'll get your message and we'll try and put it on the next show. Don't forget, the show streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We post the link on Twitter and on Facebook so you can watch us and chat with us while we discuss the happenings of the week. If you can't catch the show live on YouTube, feel free to check us out on the audio version. You can find us on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. Just search for All Things Good and Nerdy and download the show. But if you don't want to use any of those services, just go to atgnpodcast.com and you can download the podcast directly from our website. That wraps up another episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.